action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Welcome to episode 113 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones. Despite my age, I'm a high flyer of the highest magnitude. And Kieran O'Rourke. But no one gets higher than me. And we are back this week for the latest instalment of the Monday Night War timeline. Uh, this week covering January of 1999 in the WWF and WCW. Covering every Raw Nitro pay-per-view uh, of the era. As well as uh, notes as always from the Wrestling Observer newsletters and the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters of the period. Uh, for some uh, backstage inside news. Bit of a different perspective than we had at the time. Uh, if you haven't heard any of our previous timeline shows, you can of course go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com where we archive every show we've ever done. Obviously, we've been doing uh, different periods and increments of time throughout this timeline from the very beginning uh, through to right now. And of course, as we last left it at the end of 1998, gentlemen, uh, the prognostication from uh, many onlookers in the business was that this would be the year where the WWF would expand their lead, extend their lead even, over WCW. So uh, I'm curious to see if that actually plays out. We've got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, of course. Pages and pages of notes to get to, and a lot of shows to talk about. A lot of the notes I've noticed, by the way, are more based about the television content than the backstage uh, machinations as we've had the previous month. So it'll be very interesting to see how this kind of plays out. Machinations or machinations. I've always thought it was machinations. I always thought it was machinations. Mm. Machin- I can't even say that though, so yeah. I wouldn't take my word for it. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Anywho, uh, loyal listeners. Right in, folks. Indeed. We're going to get to one of the first big notes first, uh, <clears throat> tying back to something we mentioned on the last timeline. Although it was announced on Nitro that there would be a show in Las Vegas on uh, February 14th called Love Hurts, uh, this is the NBC deal, of course, you may recall what we mentioned. Tickets will be going on sale soon. However, the show was cancelled the next morning. After the NBA strike was settled last week, both the February 14th and March 28th planned specials on NBC, which coincided with going up against the WF pay-per-view events, uh, were going to be used as programming to fill time slots slated for NBA games that were cancelled by NBC. Uh, so when the, uh, the, the strike was over, the time slots got swiftly pulled. Uh, WCW immediately went to TNT to move the special, and it was agreed to do a two-hour special starting at 8pm head-to-head with St. Valentine's. Day Massacre. However, a few days later, the decision was made to scrap the show altogether, because one of the major selling points being counted on was the participation of several major television stars, including Chandler Bing, Matthew <laughs> Perry from Friends, uh, and without NBC's involvement, that was no longer going to happen. So that was something that was kind of mentioned on the last episode of the Timeline 2, Bischoff's big coup, uh, NBC exposure, never comes to pass. Love hurts. Yeah, but it got guys to sign extensions and, you know... Hogan and Nash sorted out their little lovers' tiff, so, you know, it all worked out well in the end. All's all that ends well. We do, of course, have a very big show down here to talk about the very first Raw and Nitro of the year, January 4th, Raw and Nitro. Raw, of course, was taped. We talked about the uh, finish of the main events on the previous episode of the timeline. Yes, yes, but, we did. But we'll run through it here, uh, the entire show. It starts off with Vince McMahon cutting off a uh, Shawn Michaels video and going on a tirade. Uh, Shawn Michaels comes out and confirms that after he was fired previously, that he has an ironclad contract and cannot be fired by Vince McMahon. Uh, he then brings in the cavalry and DX, who Sean had turned on, uh, come out and back up HBK. Uh, obviously, they talk about the stipulation that Vince had laid down that Sean doesn't have power over Steve Austin. 
but does over Vince McMahon, apparently, and therefore he makes him the number two entrant in the Royal Rumble after Vince had flim-flammed his way into number 30. Yeah, I think the, 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 the phrasing was that uh, because since though Vince had made himself an active wrestler, uh, Vince himself had stipulated that uh, Sean doesn't have control over Steve, but I guess by... Uh, by proxy, now that he's a wrestler, Sean has control over Vin Man, so that's that's the rules. He shifts him to two uh, from thirty. Indeed, he does. Uh, Sean Michaels also promised a surprise tonight that would drive Vince McMahon stone cold crazy, which drove everybody nuts, of course. Um, Austin hadn't been on TV for a couple of weeks after the uh, buried alive match and his torn abdominal muscle. Tearing a muscle in your abdomen for that shit match. But uh, anyway. Yeah, at least it was for something worth it. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> Mankind wants a title shot against The Rock on this after he was screwed at rock bottom, but Vince McMahon says no, and that tonight will be Mankind versus Triple H and a qualifier for the Royal Rumble with Shane McMahon as the referee. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the how this is shaping up at the start of the show. China and her friend Sammy approach Mark Henry and propose a three way, and Mark Henry falls down like Greg Valentine. I don't know. This is going to start a shaky couple of weeks for sexual chocolate. (laughs) Ratings draw. Falls down with so much more grace than Greg Valentine, it's not even funny. (laughs) And if if anyone deserved a three-way, it's Mark. (laughs) He's put put the miles in over the last month, as we talked about. He's he's been brilliant. He should be rewarded. D-Lo can have what's left. If he wants it. Uh, It's not a good month for D-Lo. Both of them. Both of them, yeah. They both have a... Sh- <laughs> at, least, at least Mark gets a blowjob out of it. <laughs> yeah, but their comedic timing, I think, still shines through on of occasions. Of course, of course. Dennis Knight is in the chamber, a dungeon, <sighs> screaming for help. More on that later. So it begins. This is going to be yeah, a recurring yeah. theme yeah, throughout we'll, this podcast. We'll, we'll get to them. In the uh, Triple H-Mankind match, Shane fast counts Mankind, giving Triple H the win and the uh, spot in the Rumble. And then Triple H pedigrees Shane McMahon as a present to Mankind. Uh, Mankind hooks Shane in a uh, riding guillotine abdominal stretch and demands a title shot tonight. Or he's going to break his goddamn shoulder, he says. And uh, Vince gives in. Rock is mad, but Vince did it because he's my son, damn it! (laughs) And uh, the match is on. Rock and Mankind tonight. D'Lo Brown and Edge. We were talking about how it's not a good... uh, not a good month for this combination that we love so much. Terry Runnels falls off the stairs and has a miscarriage. Yeah, I don't... I don't a much maligned angle. And rightly so. It's just, There's no genuine payoff to it of, of any kind. It's generally in poor taste. And it, I think we'll see over the course of this month. This seems like uh, Russo's been given a bit more free reign. I think that's, that's one of the standout things of this month for me. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Of, oh, I, I won't jump ahead of ourselves, but the, yeah, the fingerprints. his fingerprints, his mucky, dirty, greasy fingerprints are all over this thing now. Not the good stuff. I mean, the good stuff's very simple. It's just Steve Austin coming out and beating people up. Yeah, give or take. Mm. Creative genius. Yeah, but it's these little segments with guys doing nothing really of importance. It's like ah, oh, it's like the shits and giggles segments without the shit or the giggles basically mm. just the shit actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah the, she, she's crying my baby my baby it's it's very uncomfortable but they do get the panty shot which I think was right a- up that skirt <laughs> yeah consistency you of can see else. the baby's head <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Kane comes out with Shane McMahon and the Stooges uh, Kane has a Briscoe Brothers body shop sign on his back Briscoe and Pass are great this month actually they get some, they get some good stuff in here this month uh, Shane says it'll be Kane versus the Stooges uh, this is of course after uh, the previous month we mentioned our uh, Shane McMahon ended up getting beaten up when he was in charge and uh, Patterson and Briscoe were kind of considered to blame 
Uh, this is their punishment, so they've got to go against Kane in this, uh, on this show. Briscoe offers money, and then Batson, uh, against Kane, holds up a cigarette, a single cigarette, and then a condom <laughs> to try and bribe his way out of the match. That's all he had in his pockets. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon, uh, Kane goes for Shane McMahon as well after he's uh, finished beating up Patson and Briscoe, but Vince calls him off saying, you'll go back to the asylum, we all assume. For all those all those times, WCW uh, later in this year for... Ric Flair being bailed out of the insane asylum. I'd uh, I'd forgotten about the notion that Kane could just be released into Vince's care. It's Indeed. just that simple. They should have just said, "Do it, or we'll make you join the ministry." And then he would have gone. Yeah, boom. yeah, logic. <laughs> yeah, you got one. You got, yeah, join, corporation ministry. One of your choices, asshole. Join or your Midian's bitch. <laughs> Speaking of, the acolytes throw Dennis Knight in a smoking room and uh, wait outside. Very kind of cinematically shot. Frame rate was a little bit different. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, the, the the horse shits flowing freely at this stage. Though, can I just yeah, it gets worse. Can I just ask? Oh, it gets far, far worse in a galaxy not far away. Um, Weird vignette, writes Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we'll, we'll get to all the sort of trials and tribulations about this sort of turn. I'll say Dennis Knight into Midian, but the association with the acolytes. Unless I'm mistaken, it was never something that played out on TV, did it? No, they just all of a well, one week. One week they're with the Jackal, the next week he's 86th, and then you just see him abducting Dennis Knight out of the car. Yep, that's it. All of a sudden, anyway. Um, Shawn Michaels uh, goes to get uh, his uh, surprise. He's with DX. Uh, they say goodbye. They give him the car keys. He goes outside, and then Triple H makes a cryptic. They all make comments. Yeah, they all. Your X Pack and Triple H are all very kind of cryptic. You seem personally affronted here at the table. We'll see you around, and then maybe not. Well, then X Pack, what goes around comes around. Yeah. And then, of course, we cut to outside. Shawn Michaels is trying to get in the car. The key doesn't work. He's trying to get back in. The door's closed, so he can't get back in. He's banging on it, and he kind of sinks his head a little bit, thinking, uh oh. And then turns around. And the corporation attack. They came off camera and they go to a commercial break. We come back. Shawn Michaels' head is on a windscreen. Yeah. Now, this this strikes me as having some of Russo's fingerprints on it in a, in the sense of the la- real lack of logic here. You know, DX the anti-establishment feuding with the corporation on on some level. Have, have they worked in cahoots somehow to set Shawn up here? How would they know that the corporation were going to be outside waiting for him? This all just this all just seems a bit too too sort of neatly tied up for my liking. I'm, I'm not I'm not a fan of it. Also, never mentioned again. <laughs> it was totally for yeah. It was totally setting up for that because well, you wouldn't have them do that, and this was the reason to do it for fuck's sake. Yeah, simple as that. And put in in juxtaposition as well. Well, not juxtaposition. Juxtaposition on the same show of the the, you know, the Shane, the fast counting Mick, and okay, they explained it with our oh, business is business, and you know, wins a win, and then he gives Shane the pedigree trips us. But still, come on now, something's afoot, something smells fishy. Yeah, and we never find out. What and, it is. and we'll go into this in more detail as we go along in this month. But yeah, uh, the Russo fingerprints of stop, start stuff at your own convenience starts here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, there's it's funny because uh, I was I was looking at a, a Russo interview not too long ago and I was reading it where he talks about how he's not the kind of booker slash writer that writes an A, B, C, D, E he says I'm looking to write the best A I can that will you know get people over in the end 
He's just dyslexic, isn't he? Be the case, I don't know. You never learn what came after A. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, Road Dog and Al Snow takes place for the Hardcore Championship, and I really enjoyed this match. I thought I, I remember enjoying this thoroughly at the time. This really stood out as different. They, yeah, they brawl outside in the snow, uh, pile driver through like a wooden crate that snaps in half at the end. Yeah, I was going to say there aren't many matches that end with a pile driver through a pallet. I think that's great. Isn't it? Very fun brawl. And very novel. It's it's, it, it's quite novel in its concept, and I, I'm not going to claim it's not enjoyable to some extent. But I, I tend to see with these hardcore matches as the month progresses as well. And we'll touch on the one with, with Gangrel, I'm sure. A lot of it just has me wincing. You know, you think about the, the notion of the unprotected chair shots, and I'm maybe I'm being a bit too much of a. I don't know, smart mark or a bit too much of a stickler, but I, I do tend to sit there and think, they're not selling anything here. No, nothing has any sense. No, there's no consequence to anything really until the finish. I don't... And then they sprint back to the ring to get the cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, Liam, you're right, it's enjoyable. But then I sit there and think, I have to look at it in such an abstract way though, because in other ways it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite conflicted on them. Um, thing I took from this, yeah, it was it was really fun, um, and it got the division of these guys over. And you contrast this to if it was on WCW at this time, the lack of importance, the lack of focus. They'll be talking about something, anything, something else. It'll be NWO, it'll be Hogan throughout the match. They'll be yeah. cutting away backstage at least three times to NWO locker rooms during the match, and then as soon as the match be over, they wouldn't sprint to the ring as much as I just joked about that. It'd be over, and we'll go to another segment. Yeah, at least it's, at least they let it breathe and. It's working with what you've gotten, um, trying to get what you've got over. Which okay, we're maligning for not doing that today, but yeah, back then it was at least they're fucking working with what they've got. And yeah, it's, it's it's nice to see tough shit. At least they're trying. Yeah, um, which is the one thing. As much as we mock Russo and rightly so because he's a fucking buffoon. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to give him any credit. <laughs> Fuck you, Vince. <laughs> you <don't> <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the main event, Mankind wins the WWF Championship off of the rock when Steve Austin interferes. One of the fan- most fantastic pops. Oh, the 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 pop for Austin's it's, music. It's, three, it's like it's like just a sustained ovation of Austin coming out. The place going ballistic, grabbing the chair, the chair shot. People going ballistic. Mankind covering him. Place going even more ballistic. The three count. People go absolutely through the roof. It's like a decibel level that you you rarely hear. Well, that's it's, a, it's it's a it's a fairly it's a fairly small. Building at Worcester Centre, I think it held something like thirteen, fourteen thousand. It was nice and compact, so obviously the aesthetics help in that sense, and it almost sort of comes together perfectly in that sense of you haven't had much Austin over the last couple of weeks, as you say. Yeah. So you get a, a, a return of sorts here, which the crowd are going to go apeshit for. You've got a title match, which they're probably thinking they're not going to see a title change. They're expecting some sort of screwy finish. Yeah. So to get that. Yeah, you know, in sort of the in the unpredictable nature of it, and then the, the the surprise element to it all just sort of comes together perfectly, and Mick gets his day. Yeah, this is this is just beautiful. Um, it's all Austin for me, though. Yeah, because first now that everyone involved is fantastic. Oh but... no, 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 no! I will say, as big a Foley mark as I am, it's able to build to such a crescendo because of the Austin involvement. I I am not blind to that by any means. <laughs> it does. It's kind of. Yeah, the show—it's got you know—it's the normal typical feel to the show, and then then that glass breaks, and it's oh shit, yeah, we might actually see something there because yeah. Steve Austin and fucking yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. <laughs> Rock's amazing. Um, the heels as they're going up the ramp and oh, oh yes, Vince. oh god, Vince is a star. In just 
Vince, any, uh, oh. Austin throwing the cap and hitting Vince in the dick, yeah. and then Vince selling for a moment that he got hit in the dick, just to like you know, do the cursing at God thing, and then the uh, uh, moping on the top of the ramp. Anyone but him. Anyone but, that, but my favorite, my favorite is that you know this is you know Dalio did it, and because the Vince is like that makes me want to puke, <laughs> and he <just> leaves <laughs> disgusted. I was stunned when this happened at the time. I remember Kieran yeah, again, and this was taped. You coming over and telling me at lunchtime at school, mankind's gonna win the belt on Raw tonight. You'd already you, you knew the scoop, I guess. Uh, so I think you were talking to Tony Schiavone, but I well, did talk to you did. But uh, yeah, I, I was curious. Mankind wins the belt. It just seemed like such an unlikely thing to happen, let alone on Raw. You know, mankind. I never really figured mankind would get the belt. So it's like, yeah, this was uh, this was quite the surprise and and just execute perfectly. So with that said, let's move now to Nitro and what they offered up on this rather big head to head we open up talking to some marks I've written down here these are people oh who- god <laughs> these- this this what is Simon <laughs> this fucking gene pool <laughs> well you know they're, they're not they're not even humanoids or ham and eggers they're several notches below <laughs> yeah if, if you are in this Nitro party and you're listening to this show right now Stop listening and delete the the, uh, the delete the what's it called the like the feed or yeah yeah, yeah the, delete the feed of the podcast because we don't want you listening quite frankly we, you don't, sh- we don't want your own. no you should be ashamed of yourself we saw how shit some of these nitro party submissions were these were yeah. the winners so and these were the <laughs> so we shouldn't be surprised that this is probably the best they could put together these these fucking knuckle draggers folks they painted their thumbs as wrestlers and had thumb wrestling matches. In oh. a little ring. Oh. And that was the highlight. Good grief. That was the coolest thing they did. <laughs> that was the only thing I wanted to be involved with that they were doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. First Nitro of 1999. Let's start as we mean to go on. Glacier oh. versus Hugh Morris. Well, let me ask you. Yes, in sort of a... A big win for Hugh Morris here, by the way. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, allegedly. If, if a Glacier makes an entrance, does the blood run cold or is it just the audience? Not in, what I was in the Georgia Dome. In the Georgia Dome. In front of a crowd, which is, you know, it's pretty hot to start with. A nice crowd of good, what, 40,000? Yeah, yeah, 40,000. Yeah, let's kick it off with a bang. The Horseman and Ric Flair arrive, and of course, Charlotte is yeah. with Rick, which was quite funny to see watching this back. Our very young Charlotte Flair. How old was she here? Oh, God, I've no idea. Was she must have been... Teenager, presumably? Yeah, t- yeah, late teens, but like she was just... Yeah, yeah, of course, teenager, what we're talking about. But yeah, she just looked like she was the most vapid expressionless gormless out of irrelevant person you've ever seen so uh, yeah quite surreal to see embarrassed to be on the show that's why uh, he forces Eric Bischoff to sit with Tony Schiavone uh, Bischoff of course remember last week on Nitro Flair won WCW off Eric Bischoff by beating him um, so Bischoff is now forced to sit with Tony Schiavone and uh, do commentary where they rip on him for being a poor announcer pretty much the whole show doesn't say anything though on commentary uh, he rehires uh, Randy Anderson the tiny Tim of WCW, I suppose, by a... Uh, Pee-wee. Pee-wee, the guy who got fired by Bischoff back at Sold Out, if anybody remembers that in 97 or whatever the fuck that was. No. No? No. no you don't remember? Okay. Double the pay, though. Double the pay, um, and he's very happy about that. Ric Flair books himself against Kurt Hennig and Barry Windham uh, for Sold Out, and David Flair offers to be his partner, and Arn Anderson, who I think had uh, been hanging around that cool a little bit too long, endorsed this idea and said, The kid's ready. I can tell he, you, Arn, he was not. He, he must have just taken Mongo's rails. That's all I can think. I'm seriously struggling to 
find the words to describe David Flair because I do not want to be offensive. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Bill Goldberg is arrested for harassing Elizabeth. It was supposed to be a rape charge, but Goldberg got that switched immediately. Well, they didn't tell him, first of all. No. They told him two hours later. Yeah. We're just going to arrest you. Why? We are. <laughs> <laughs> It it was so... But I do things for the community. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, you've killed five kids. Ah, but I did that charity deal. Yeah. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think it was Foley's book where he, he says he didn't think they were put, portraying Goldberg in, in the most positive light. This was bloody terrible. <laughs> These vignettes were so awful. They were. They really were. You know, it, it exposed any this general sort of weakness of Goldberg. You know, he's not a promo guy. He's not. The, he can't do the sort of mellow, you know, just straight lace sort of thing. He has to, he's, he's got to be, like as much as, you know, high intensity, sort of, you know, almost, you know, raged up sort of thing. Not protesting his innocence to the police. Yeah. yeah th- th- this man's supposed to be a killer. It's like, I think his line was, I don't know what you've accused me of, but you know I didn't do it. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Uh, Jericho versus Perry Saturn takes place to start that feud. Saturn's look on this show was fucking awful, I wrote down here. Um, there's a weird LWO party kind of drinking and gambling. <laughs> I and... completely forgot about this. I think it's wonderful. Well, this this was filmed before his accident that had happened, uh, obviously. But uh, yes, yeah, so this is the this is the last we'll see of Eddie for a good few months. But um, we got Rey Mysterio and Billy Kibben against Hoovy and Psychosis, and a very good match on this show. Is Psychosis getting the win of all people? So well, that's a bit of a surprise. Uh, Gene Oakland is with uh, Kevin Nash. He says the Goldberg charges are just trumped up, and he knows that Hulk Hogan is behind it, and he wants him tonight because obviously Hogan is going to be in the building, as we've uh, had it announced. As a Hogan hasn't turned up yet. Oh, he is did. he there by he now? Turn up, he, yeah. he did because for some reason, miraculously. Nash appears just as Goldberg's loaded into the car and Nash doesn't ask what the charges are just says he's got a match with him tonight you can't arrest him I've got a match I have a bout do ECW have to stick to what they've advertised and as he turns around I know naivety on my part I, I admit as he turns around Hogan is just stood in the door and Whatever he did, he's guilty. <laughs> Chuckles and puts his white sunglasses on. You know, lovely. No, no one thinks to ask follow-up questions. There's no curiosity amongst these people. Clearly, no. Why am I being charged? Why is he being arrested? Whatever he did, he was guilty. <laughs> to the back. <laughs> Ric Flair comes out and agrees with Kevin Nash and makes the match. Nash versus Hogan. Hogan then does his own promo and calls Goldberg a sexual deviant, <laughs> which I thought was hysterical. That's. God, so that's pretty big talk coming from the wood. Yeah. That's a, they never actually announced it was for the world title at this stage, did they? Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't so. announce it until like the match. Yeah, it's, it's pretty late in the game. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Flair orders Hogan to fight Nash, which may be how it uh, how it pans out. Wrath and Bam Bam Bigelow go to a double disqualification in a rather pointless random affair, and uh, Goldberg is cleared of the charges right before the main event begins. So will he be able to make it to the Georgia Dome in time? I did. I did time this because in Death of WCW, Alvarez says that um, you know, it, it, it gets, it's like it's over the road. He gets there quick and it takes him half an hour to get back. It's not true. No, they are consistent. I'll give them that. It, it takes it takes ten minutes plus an advert break to get to the to the police station and ten minutes and an advert break to get back. Yeah. So uh, very accurate. Yeah, very accurate. take that, Alvarez. Yeah. And he got back bang on time as he was going off air. So. Maybe this is one of the things Kevin Nash is talking about when he says the book's filled with inaccuracies. <laughs> exactly. He knows. He's got exactly. his little booking pad there. He knows they're bullshitting. It's main event time. Hulk Hogan comes out with Scott Steiner. Kevin Nash comes out with Scott Hall. And did anyone catch the announcement from Buffer for Nash? I pissed myself when I heard this. 
What was it? Remind me. Originally hailing from Detroit, Michigan, but his accomplishments make him a citizen of the world. Yeah, every 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 week when he was the main event, yeah. that. aren't we all citizens of the world? <laughs> I love that. I'm, that's fucking brilliant. I still hate the buffers. I fucking hate Michael Buffer. Can just he can. Oh, like, they're both the shits. Ah, Bruce doesn't offend me too much. Michael Buffer though thinks he's so cool. Mm. Fans chanting Goldberg in the building while all this is going on. Uh, Tony Schiavone, as uh, Hogan and Nash are circling and stalling, say, this is what WCW is all about. This is what wrestling is all about. Of course, we know what's coming. Hogan rears back, pokes him in the chest. Nash uh, takes the big back bump, gets the pin, and wins the championship as they all get up and have a big laugh at all the fans they've just ripped off. (laughs) Live at the Georgia Dome here on television. Of course, we have skipped one thing here, which is Tony Schiavone saying... uh, that Mankind's going to win the world title. And this was what they decided they were going to put on as the opposition. The original plan was for Goldberg to stay at the station, but fearing that the live reaction uh, would be volatile if he didn't show, they had him run in and get beat down. That sounds like a Kevin Ash explanation to get a, a Goldberg beat down in, if ever I've heard one. Lex well, Luger then does, does a run in, sorry, and turns heel as well, which they teased for the previous few weeks. Uh, they spray paint the belt NWO, they zap Goldberg with a taser, and Kevin Nash says, It's deja vu into the camera. Indeed, it is. Yep. <laughs> it really, really is. All right, so let's hear and, it. But at least, at least, they were right. The crowd weren't really that volatile at the end of it, were they? You mean they were chucking the shit in the ring? Oh. Oh, wait. They were, weren't they? <laughs> they? They were pissed. Well, they were they were uh, calmed down somewhat by the fact they had the Atlanta Falcons hit the ring after uh, after the showing off the air to kind of run off the NWO and Goldberg stood tall to the live crowd. That's well, that's great. What does that do for the TV audience that have been shafted? Well, we'll get to that, won't we? <laughs> As the months and weeks yeah, go by. The, the one thing I would have loved to have seen, actually, though, at the end of this show, why couldn't they have just gone back to that box gone back to that skybox to see the Nitro Party and just the look on those yeah! people's what did, faces. What did Marty Simon think? What, what do you think of Goldberg? No. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this? Because uh, obviously this is the, the rebirth of the NWO. It's oh. new and improved formation. It's not, well, it's, it's not new, really. It's no. not improved. It's smearing lipstick on a pig. <laughs> it's just garbage. You feel the, the air go out of the Georgia Dome and it feels like that's sort of the last real vested interest in WCW just starting to slowly deflate and drift away. For me, it wasn't so much the turn and the reformation of the NWO, it was the kind of the backseat in a Goldberg, which that's how it comes across. It's We're going to do this match with Hoagie and Nash. It's like, well, that's kind of put out there. That's going to happen anyway. And even though Goldberg's at that point is expected to get back still and he, okay, he's dropped the belt and in the coming weeks he's like okay what's Wes well now he's shoved down to working with Bigelow and all these fucking rubes um, Norton <laughs> come to that one in a minute um, I think that's what really dis, uh, disillusioned people because it's the faith in the baby face heels getting heat fine but as long as they got there's the hope of the, the comeback and what this company had done in the last three years three four years was beat it into us that the payoffs we've been given was first of all Sting and then Goldie anticlimactic not important nothing's going to change of impo- of, of uh, importance and th- I think that that's what really 
wore people down really it's mm. rather than rather than the rehashing of old ideas yes that's it that's that's boring it's it's not progressive but it's the it's the, yeah, the faith in the baby faces it's the Goldberg was the last one and it, it's it was just yeah they're all shit I mean we're gonna sort of... we will get to it obviously as this timeline progresses but the descent of this company from this point to May ish of this year yeah, yeah. is so drastic and so sad and obviously it's brought on by the things that have come before and this gets obviously kind of this gets a lot of credit for the downfall but actually how much it affected things yeah, immediately I mean, there are there are structural problems that long predate this that we've touched upon in, in the previous podcast but it's that sense watching I mean, you're right Kieran the, probably the, the, the rehashing of, of the NDO is probably not the worst part of it although that, that leads me to sort of you know just sort of slump my shoulders on watching Romo I was like oh yeah not again you, you're right. You, you can get past that. You can even get past the. Bit, I think you can even get past the beatdown of Goldberg, if you follow it up in the right manner. Not the back seating of Mezuzas, but that's where you really do have to have him in the coming weeks, just killing them all left, right, and centre, a man on the rampage. But as we'll see, it doesn't quite pan out that way. So we'll move now to the ratings, obviously. This is a big one for both sides, with the WWF doing everything to get the word out about the title change, and WCW doing them the favour of making sure the ratings get would be as much as possible by announcing the change as well. Raw set its all-time record with a 5.8 rating, even beating Mark set on nights that Nitro was preempted for basketball and went unopposed. Nitro did a 5.0 rating, however, very good number in its own right, with Nitro doing a 4.7 in the head-to-head 2-plus hours. That meant a combined rating of 10.5 which translates to 7.8 million homes and probably around 11.8 million total viewers watching wrestling on this here Monday night oof wow 10.5 jeez while the WWF solidly won the title match head-to-head battle as most of the Mankind Rock match did a 5.9 to the Hogan and Nash match which did a 4.6 WCW did gain a slight bit of moral satisfaction because the overrun with Bill Goldberg showing up picked up the rating to a 6.5, while the WWF with the Austin run, the title match change uh, and the post-match celebration actually fell to a 5.1 and WCW won the overrun. In a uh, forgotten little bit of uh, history. Yeah, but other than that, other than the overrun, the WWF won all eight quarters with WCW only coming close for the quarter where Nash and Flair were out there setting up the match. Uh, and then Hogan returned with his first interview doing a 5.1, while the WWF did a 5.2 for Godfather versus Test. <laughs> The biggest advantage, a 6.2 for the Road Dog Al Snow Hardcore title match, going up against DDP versus Brian Adams, which only did a 4.1. Hall of Famer, DDP. <laughs> came immediately after Bischoff ordered Chavine to give away the title change and emphasise it. While the WWF was going to win the ratings either way, based on viewer patterns, it appears that announcement led to approximately 375,000 homes switching to Raw, which is exactly the opposite of what it was designed to do. And everybody with half a brain could have predicted it will do. Uh, the records are also mind-blowing when you figure in that both of these shows went head-to-head with the Fiesta Bowl, uh, a game that determined the College Football National Championship, which did a 17.2 rating, numbers considerably higher than the Monday Night Football uh, was drawing in that same time slot. So uh, some interesting stats there. Not as one-sided uh, at the end as we've been led to believe, and not even all that even as we've been led to believe yeah, either. always that notion of... Oh, it was it, even, but when they made that announcement... Yeah. And it went the other way it's actually vice versa yeah it's but it's even so I, I find it surprising that that's the tack that the WWE would take because Vince and his ego 
you would normally think he wouldn't want to dress it up as being quite even and we won the night because of their own hub- because of their hubris yeah. you'd think he'd like to emphasise we oh, were winning we all night long we were winning all night long but the thing is if they actually told the truth that doesn't make Shivani's thing look as stupid because in the end WCW got the overrun yeah. uh, the moral to that story is that Vince knew it was right and Bischoff thought it was wrong and Vince was right Yeah, <laughs> that's it <laughs> there you go uh, a note from the torch here Kurt Hennig Sting and Randy Savage were all at the Georgia Dome but not used so you know glad we got uh, Glacier and Hugh Morris but uh, none of these uh, big names were being used on January 5th the day after all of this Lex Luger and the Giant got a ton of heat for a deal they pulled at the TV tapings in Gainesville Georgia the Giant came out in his jeans not even bothering to get dressed to wrestle for his main event with Luger they got in the ring and they basically did the Hogan Nash deal from the night before where Giant just laid down and they both laughed Fans went nuts at a 10 second main event in the building. A lot of the wrestlers backstage were pissed too because WCW couldn't even pack a 1,400 seat building for this show and this was only going to drive fans away from future shows in Gainesville. But hey, they had a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) A group of teachers complained to the Winnipeg One school board on January 5th to implore the board to request that TSN move pro wrestling telecasts to later evening time slots. Children mimicking pro wrestlers are grabbing their genitals, gyrating their hips, and telling children and teachers to suck it. According to the board chairwoman, uh, problems with fighting in the playgrounds have escalated to the level reached years ago at the peak of popularity of the Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles. The next day in the Winnipeg Sun, David Rosenblum, a spokesperson for TSN, said that they heavily edit their wrestling shows to conform to network guidelines for violence and swearing. The paper noted that of late, several elementary school children have been suspended from school for grabbing their crotches and making vulgar comments to teachers and other students. The Jackal wrote a column and joked the punishment should fit the crime and that kids at school caught doing crotch chops should be forced to watch tapes of Hogan Warrior from Halloween <laughs> Havoc. <laughs> so uh, there are more of these coming of people not being too happy with the content of the WWF and uh, there's more in this podcast before we even get to ones that come in later so uh, yeah both Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. have signed three year contract extensions this week so uh, obviously we talked before about the crackdown that Bischoff was doing on a lot of this kind of mid-card talent he wanted to sign guys up as soon as possible apparently people in WCW got the word out that Diamond Dallas Page when he signed his new deal signed for $900,000 a year to keep the heat off him and make the company appear to have a lower salary structure because the real number is $1.5 million a year and they didn't want that to get out to the mid-card guys to fucking lose my shit at 900,000 <laughs> 1.5 DD me and, 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 and remind me again what was Ric Flair making around that time oh I have no idea I think it was in the 700,000 mark Seven, 750 I want to say yeah, he fucking lose it anyway that's not that's not cry for the nature boys uh. yeah that's, that's still not really the point <laughs> DDP's making double Ric Flair he's making some serious jack here 1.5 million dollars per year and god knows what the the value of his real estate is at this point (laughs) we move now to uh, January 11th Raw and Nitro back head to head the show opens with DX introducing Mankind who comes up to his swank new theme song that uh, he's very happy to put over he thanks Jim Ross and uh, and the place goes nuts when he thanks Steve Austin which is a pretty cool little thing he says his dream to wrestle uh, Steve Austin in the main event of Wrestlemania The Rock, Vince and Shane come out and the I Quit match gets made for the Royal Rumble as uh, Rock's throwing all these different suggestions for matches uh, that he wants to have and in the end just says he quits The Rock quits with this and uh, Foley goes on his tirade saying he accepts the I Quit match for the Royal Rumble 
Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart beat the New Age Outlaws to become a tag team title contenders on this show. Uh, Road Dog in the pre-match interview said that he's the Robert Fuller of the 90s, which is a fantastic reference to the fact that he was well known for having the largest dick in the locker room, <laughs> Robert Fuller, Tennessee Lee. Interesting little gag there mm. for the six people who get it. Gilberg debuts on this show. What's everyone's thoughts at the time on old Gilberg? Did you think it was funny? Did you think that it served its purpose to mock the other side? What do you think? I think I, think I thought it was piss poor. I'm pretty sure it did. I mean, sparklers are always fun, though. Yeah, that's true. You've just got to be careful with them. Loses to Luna. Of course, this again, it's all just designed to work to mock poor Bill on the other side. Michael Cole... After Don't he, do that on the road! I was going to say. After he, does, after he does a spear, yeah, after he does a spear, Cole goes, oh, that's true to form, he's got one move. <laughs> just... They should have just had him for arrested for no reason whatsoever. That actually would have been great in the middle of the match. Yeah. Just gets arrested. Yeah. Val Venus is doing his stick to, uh, at ringside to a random woman and then gets his ass kicked by Ken Shamrock and it turns out it's his sister, Ryan. So this is uh, her introduction to the... Kane beats Mankind by disqualification in a WWF title match on this show when Kane used the tombstone, had the match won, the rock runs in and breaks it up attacking Mankind and Kane, hitting them both with numerous chair shots. Even though Kane and Rock are on the same team, Rock didn't want Kane to get the title since he's got the shot coming up at the Rumble. Austin does a run in and wound up giving stunners to both Kane and Mankind. So uh, after the big win for Mankind, he gets... Yeah, he's almost beaten by Kane here saved his belt saved by The Rock and then Austin I found that really weird Austin stuns Mankind I and gets a call and by the way it should be noted the first time Austin's on this show this is unbelievable ovation again for Steve Austin this oh, month his oh, reactions oh, the mo- are insane monster pops monster pops uh, I didn't find it too jarring him stunning Mankind just We'd seen him do it to baby faces before. I, I thought it was still fairly in keeping with his character. That's fine for and, him. And, <laughs> it just makes mankind uh, look yeah, a dick. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, but it, again, we've... Let's face it. it it's a, pretty much a, a hotshot title change and maybe a bit of a thank you thank you to Mick at the end of the day. He, he's not the story here. and you know, We all know what the real story is. It's, it's Steve Austin. Yeah, I am... Um... I will just say as an aside I mentioned it about the hardcore matches and, and flinching at some of the stuff you'd see the chair shots here I mean there's a lot I mean, this month I mean it even gets a bit of it even even I managed to muster up and generate a slight ever so slight <laughs> though it may be a slight bit of sympathy for Kane three chair shots he takes here and I guarantee no one listening remembers any of them <laughs> no and all squarely to the head. Yeah. Doesn't put his hands up. Doesn't put his hands up and it just oh it just oh I just wince watching it. Yeah, the, the there's no doubt looking about the gratuitous sex and needless violence. It's just fucking hell. Yeah. Fucking hell. You can't look it's it, overboard. It's um it's unbelievable. It's out of control. It's unbelievable, yeah. The Undertaker comes out and does a horrible interview speaking in tongues like he's Jim Helwig. I thought he was talking Klingon. I thought it I'd does know. sound like it, doesn't it? Or, or, or not not even Klingon. It sounds like comic book guy in the Simpsons talking Klingon. Or Welsh. Or Welsh. <laughs> this is a terrible I hate this segment before it even really gets rolling. Of course you got Dennis Knight lying on the thing in his uh, his red little gown that he's wearing. 
Taker comes out and does this horrible promo, and something weird is up with the audio. No, it's not. Pro- it's a it's recorded promo. It sounds like it's it. a recorded promo because he's always he watch, he's always um, he's never in shot. He's always at a distance, um, head down. It, he's never focused up close. There's no close ups. So you reckon he did it's, this afterwards? It, it, was reco- it was recorded. Well, they probably did it first and then put it in. Cause mm. It'd be hard to do it afterwards. No, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was definitely pr- done then, away from the crowd, maybe. Yeah, it was done. It was done elsewhere because it was a long promo. So they'd, it was pre-recorded. They'd nothing, no close-ups. Um, and you, the, the difference to the next week when he does do it live, um, the audio, the audio, you can tell it's different. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely pre-recorded. Yeah, very bizarre. And then obviously, this then he then moves over, starts the talking in tongues, and I'll let you take it from here, Carl. Cuts it, puts it into some sort of god. It wasn't the only one, by the way. Oh yeah, well. Ugh. Puts it into a goblet that Midian drinks. You know, whilst you can hear fat Paul Bearer chortling in the background <laughs> and Ron Dam Simmons in, also in the background saying, accept the purity of evil. And oh, good God, this is just fucking terrible. C- carves it's his just, chest with this... this uh, puts, what, yeah, what looks like a turkey paste. <laughs> yeah, the, the engraving into the chest. It's just awful, <laughs> awful this television. Is as much shit as WCW gets for that warrior stuff. This is just as bad. This, I think this is... Well, it's close. Mm. This is close. They're in the Not same ballpark. Than fucking imaginary wrestlers in the mirror. Later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I can look at Hogan and the way he's reacting and laugh at how pathetic it is. This I just... No, watch, no. Just, no. They're, they're, they're both... I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, just, they're just... They're just... They're just... It's bloody awful. This is, this is terrible. It's t- and the crowd suitably unimpressed do the only <laughs> thing possible you could do in this situation and they start chanting for Austin <laughs> <laughs> please come and get us anybody as bad as this it's was just... as bad as this was it actually could have been worse because did anybody at the end catch Michael Cole saying he's floating yes no Michael Cole the last thing that they say is he's fl- Michael Cole just screams he's floating and then they cut abruptly. Well, it, it's it's the television equivalent of a floater. It is. The backstory here is the original idea was that they they had a mechanical arm on the table, and when they were billowing the smoke out of the table, the arm was going to raise, and he was going to levitate after being uh, consumed by the Undertaker. His body was going to float, and they were going to put over that the Undertaker's made him levitate. Now, of course, what happened was they actually they, that was the production meeting. They told Cole and Lawler in the production meeting, and then they never fucking bothered to tell them, "Oh, the arm doesn't work." So we're not going to do the floating anymore. So Michael Cole screams, remember the production meeting, look, he's floating, King, when he's clearly not. And King just completely no-sells it and they cut away. It's so shit, I thought he probably is floating, but I don't care. (laughs) They should have just brought Marty Jannetty in for the night. Oh my god, this is this is one of the worst. This this is gonna this is gonna take some beating. We've we've talked before about how much we all I I assume it's it's unanimous around the table detest this period of, of Taker yeah he's got plenty of low points during his career this is chief amongst them I don't have a lot of Taker I like actually when you think about no. it no yeah. no D'Lo Brown was supposed to wrestle Mark Henry as a favour for, te- for as a favour sorry for Terry Runnels and apologise for causing the miscarriage Terry who by the way looks great one week after having a miscarriage gotta say um, Terry then gives Mark Henry a low blow China runs in uh, and throws down Jacqueline, who's um, tits fall out of the top as they always yeah, do. Yeah. And, yeah, and King's like, oh, oh I didn't see anything. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so then, of course, after that happens, Sammy the transvestite uh, is. Who was obviously a transvestite. I know, I know. Comes out and uh, they soothe the sexual chocolate's pain in his privates, but we don't see it yet. Uh, obviously, we just kind of see that he's got, you know, Sammy, 
is going to uh, help Mark Henry in his time of need. What a trooper Mark Henry is during this whole ordeal. They're trying to get him to quit, Carl. They don't want him there anymore. He's shown resilience. Despite how great he's being. Vincent Mann's training video with slabs of beef. This <laughs> Tremendous. Just uh, wonderful. Shane is actually really good in these videos. The, I am so torn on Shane because he annoys me so much, his voice. and On commentary, is terrible. Commentary is terrible. The characters, he's just... But, He's an obnoxious rich kid, and he's kind of that is probably him anyway. He's yeah. not really acting, and but it's in keeping with the character, so he's really good in he's the role. That is damn, he's perfect for the role. He's perfect for the role. Yeah. Was this the in the snow chasing the chicken? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rocky, brilliant. Go on, chase chicken, chase chicken. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's fucking great. Oh, oh god Vince McMahon Vince is so good he's, oh. this is prime Vince it is prime Vince. this is prime Vince because it's Vince when he's not trying to be a tough guy he's trying to be a guy trying to be a tough guy yeah. and he's out of his element and it's S- great doing the sales with the weights yeah I asked him <laughs> I asked him <laughs> Shane putting his fingers on his shoulders if it makes some sort of difference yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, can I do that can I do that <laughs> Stupid. But yeah, the main event, the Corporate Royal Rumble, is DX and the Corporation going back and forth in a Royal Rumble rules match with the winner getting number 30. It's Shamrock. I'm sure it's Shamrock. When he jumps over the top rope. Oh, yeah. Very first thing. Uh, yeah. So it's, I can't remember who the face Billy. is. Billy. So he jumps over the top rope, eliminating himself to get to Billy, obviously as quick as possible. Yeah. Pretty sure he wasn't supposed to do that because then they change the order around. The, the Outlaws music plays and... So that would have been two on two, faces heels, I think. But instead they switch it around, and, and I think Test comes out next. Mm. So it's two on one, because Shamrock's eliminate himself. Basically, they have to call it on the fly. I'm pretty sure Interesting. that was... Good catch. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, cham- and then the referees go over to him straight afterwards, and, dude, you just fucking eliminated yourself. Yeah, dickhead. So, yeah, pretty sure. Uh, Vince McMahon worms his way into the match. China, and when he thinks he's got the win, China comes out, and she's the final participant. And she lays out Patterson and Brisk on the floor. The glass breaks for the second you time on the show. You want to monster pop? And this the, one for the second time on the show. The pop for Steve Austin is fucking insane on this. It's ridiculous. As he comes walking out, China comes from behind, throws Vince out for the single greatest guillotining on the bottom rope since the big boss man at the '92 Rumble. This is a thing of beauty. Go and watch this show, January 11th Raw, just for this only topped by the lack of sympathy from Steve Austin who's pissing his pants on the entire walk back up the ramp totally out of character totally out of character he's laughing his ass off he's got that charming smile that we all love so much these days Um, (laughs) yeah he's just he's laughing his ass off and he's dying it's it's really vicious and you just wished it would happen to Enzo Amore more often these days (laughs) over on Nitro this same night January 11th we get a Ric Flair promo putting JJ Dillon back in power after a Dillon had been fired slash by Eric Bischoff previously he calls out the members of the LWO and puts them all over and they all take off their shirts except Rey Mysterio who is the one who didn't want to be in the LWO in the first place obviously why, why wouldn't you it's, it's great the, the mention of more money cars and women yeah and they're all behind nature <laughs> <laughs> woo <laughs> They did a very, very, way too long video uh, of Eric Bischoff at the WCW offices. You remember this? Where basically oh, he goes like, yes. he's waiting for the meeting with Flair and he's just sitting there and sitting there and they cut the different angles of him sitting there and then he goes in for a meeting with Ric Flair and they're just talking and talking and talking. Eventually Flair takes him out and tells him he's got to work in the ring truck and help put the ring up tonight. This goes on for days. And... They had no business going this long. There's no way this segment would have made the cutting room floor 
on a Vincent Man produced show. And yeah, and you know, just production alone, these they, WCW does these vignettes when they're trying to be like WWF, but they just, they like doing it in the most grey offices. They're so bland, poorly lit, poorly lit, so bland. The pacing of them, the ill 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 edited, ill paced. Um, there's never a payoff, never really a punchline. They just seem to drag, drag, and they, then they just finally happen. fade. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I don't comes across as bush league, and you know when you compare the size of Titan Towers to what World Championship Wrestling's headquarters were, it's it's real chalk and cheese. The, the timing is an issue, but but I, I find these quite frustrating because I, I you know, I'm I'm not opposed to them as a concept. I don't mind this idea of a sort of a a running thing on TV where Bischoff is made to be belittled by Flair. I think it's a, it's appropriate. I think it, mm. I think, I think it done, could have been great. done correctly. It could work really well. It's just the, the execution of it that's the problem. Here. Yeah, it's wank. Um, quite simply, <laughs> although although it should be noted, this whole horrible segment did a six point four quarter hour rating. For this probably people waiting for the punchline. People people were waiting for something to happen. Yeah, exactly. Hulk Hogan showed up and the black and white minus the giant confronted Hogan. Uh, they were all in the ring together. Nash and Hogan did most of the promo with Nash doing everything he could to turn babyface, which was easy enough since they were in Knoxville where he went to college. NWO in all of their uh, ridiculous pomp here. Uh, Luger tells Rey Mysterio Jr. to take off the LWO shirt and when he refused, Luger attacked him. Uh, Mysterio Jr. actually got a comeback and the place went nuts for the comeback, but Luger cut him off and beat him up. Uh, Conan then runs in for the save and the entire wolf pack comes out. Ugh. Conan doesn't exactly run in. This is, this he, is st- fa- he strolls out. Trust me, this is the fastest he moves this month. Believe me, this is the fastest he moves this month. Uh, as the wolf pack comes out, Conan still thinks that Nash is his best friend, like an idiot. Uh, and then, of course, they all turn on him, <laughs> complete the Scott Hall shooting with a taser. Uh, the fans chant for Goldberg, who doesn't come out, then for Sting, who also doesn't come out. But was Sting there? No, he wasn't there, I don't think. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe. You might have been, I don't know. Uh, they aired a video segment of Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash talking about the title match, acting like it was the toughest of either men's I career. thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> this is <just, laughs> hysterical. As they're talking about, you know, I don't think I'll ever be the same, two or three more of those finger pokes, that'll, and I'll be done. But Hogan even, talking about channeling all his energy into one finger. Yeah, but even even so, even if you find the humour in it, it's the same it's the same stuff they did in 96 when they first formed you know, it's just the same stuff there is no progression still no so uh, disheartening Scott Steiner versus Diamond Dallas Page speaking of a little bit of progression here Scott Steiner wins well oh, thank you for making Yay. me look stupid 1.5 million dollars for Diamond Dallas Page loses to Scott Steiner well Good. done uh, we have a video of uh, Eric Bischoff setting up the ring again way too long Ric Flair beats Kurt Hennig by disqualification uh, when Barry Windham runs in. David Flair tripped them up, took off his shirt, which, boy, was that a sight to see. Victor Keonis likes it. <laughs> and he and Rick run them off. In the main event, we have Kevin Nash beating the Giant in a terrible match after using a wrench that Bischoff had left under the ring when he was doing the, uh, the ring crew setup earlier in the show that we saw the blue-handled wrench. Uh, as, as much as we may malign the NWO and, and, and some of Nash's behaviour, the big show at this point or the giant oh he's he's, he's so fat he's so fat he's got two feet out the door because he's, he's, he's already handed in his notice two cheeks out the door two cheeks out the door his heart's gone his mind's gone just showing up cashing the check ridiculous behaviour Eric Bischoff shows up and calls corporate giant uh, which was meant to be a knock because obviously the giant's going to the WF as as they think the corporate giant Nothing. or Titan was his other uh, suggested ring name at the time yeah 
Which is why it's a Titanic as well. Really nothing to worry about, uh, Bischoff. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Let it go, son. It was the second largest audience in the history to watch the Monday Night Wrestling with the same basic result. Raw with a 5.5 and Nitro doing a 5.0. So again, a 10.5 collective rating. So any notion that uh, there's an immediate turnaround or backlash to the uh, finger poke of doom certainly not evidenced here uh, however the combined two hours and five minutes head to head did see Raw uh, win 5.5 to Nitro's 4.5 winning by nearly a full point in the overrun Raw's finals of the corporate rumble did a 6.1 rating while over the same five minute period Giant vs Nash did a 3.9 <laughs> Nitro and Raw in the UK are deadlocked this week with 300,000 viewers each so again it's still very very close on January 11th. There is, however, as we were talking about there, progression, Scott Steiner getting a big win. Internal heat regarding the DDP-Steiner match. Steiner is in for a major push with DDP in a feud, and it was felt that he needed to get the first win. The feeling is DDP should have put Steiner over strong, but instead, and he was supposed to put him over strong, he told the announcers to say he was working with pneumonia, which is obviously not the case, and they had a ton of interference on Bagwell and Steiner using the chair to beat him, which was not uh, in Nash's plan. So, I, just, I wish G was here so I could slap him for liking DDP DDP has really rubbed me the wrong way uh, yeah I, I, I was going to think of a gold club reference there but I'll let that one go um, for a change yeah uh, <laughs> it's yeah I never used to have a problem with DDP I, I always felt he was far far too much maligned for the for the notion of the scripted match I thought it was unfairly yeah, stupid unfairly held against him that being said these timelines have been a real eye-opener to some of his behaviour. You, know, you always assume there was a touch of the brown nose in there with his relationship with Bischoff and possibly the co-mingling of marriages and what have you. But, you know, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't <laughs> let it go. Um, it turns out you had to get, <laughs> had to get in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, this, this stuff's beyond the pale. Yeah. Who the fuck does DDP think he is? It's not as if he's Brian... Brian Adams or anything you can refuse to job <laughs> the Undertaker segment on Raw complete with a levitation or not was completely edited off Sky TV so Raw was actually only one hour 45 minutes this week uh, in Canada they cut from the point they did the blood pen trick on the wrist and didn't show the rest so again we were talking before about the rest content being overload on the air, sex violence, and Shawn Michaels underwent back surgery on January 12th in San Antonio. Uh, the operation was to fuse disc in his back, and there would be no way to even estimate until later in the week what his chances are when it comes to returning to the ring. Oh, yeah. We're all hoping for the best, Kieran. Yep. We're hoping for the best. Praying. Praying for you, Sean. The Fox Network deal to start their own wrestling promotion fell apart because Hulk Hogan, who they were looking to base it around, asked for a huge guarantee and they wouldn't go for it. So they were going to... they. Fox yeah. wanted to and we mentioned this at the, in the last time and they wanted to they were interested in starting their own wrestling company mm. and Hogan who always kind of had his deal come up around December was kind of flirting with the idea of maybe working with Fox on this thing but when they realised they couldn't get Hogan interest from Fox mm. dropped because they figured they needed the star power if they were going to do it at all Bret Hart may be off television until mid-February his groin injury is just that heel but they have no plans for him 3 million a year by the way <laughs> He had shot an angle where he was going to kidnap Kimberly Page, but the angle was taken from him and given to Scott Steiner. It's an excuse to get Kimberly off TV for a few weeks because she's going to get her face done. Uh, they're going babyface with Bam Bam Bigelow because they need to even out the sides. Stephen Regal's back in rehab. 
Nash is largely running the WCW booking right now, although Hogan and Savage are always going to be in charge of what they're doing. Savage probably won't be ready to return to the ring until March or April, and I will argue he was never ready to return to the ring. His career should have ended in 1998. Dr. Death Steve Williams is ready to return to the <laughs> WWF after being knocked out by Bart Gurn. They're going to reintroduce him as a character who has turned his back on America for Japan and do vignettes uh, before starting him back on TV. Oh, call him Lord Tenzai. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it just? It's the exact same fucking character. And of course, we know where this is going, Carl. Get your boiling suit ready. DDP. Oh, what now? Is pushing to get Eric Watts into WCW. And. Why? He's lobbying for a push for Van Hammer. Again, why? They're his friends. So he got the position. <laughs> hey, monkey see, monkey do, right? Trickle down theory. Yeah. With the giant now safely in tow, possibly starting as soon as. <laughs> what are they using to pull him? <laughs> <They're towing> him? <laughs> With the giant in tow, possibly starting as soon as St. Valentine's Day Massacre, the number one guy in the WWF's acquisitions list has now become Chris Jericho. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit of context here on the uh, the nature of wrestlers breaking through to uh, other shows here. Austin will be taking an episode of Nash Bridges this week, and he's also taking a radio spot for M&M's. Uh, Val Venus will be taking an episode of La Femme Nikita this week as well, and uh, the replay of the Sable episode of Pacific Blue did an amazing 3.6 rating somehow. People thought of Pacific Blue Balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Undertaker, Ken Shamrock and Rock, along with Ernie Ladd, will be taking an episode of That 70s Show this week, uh, which uh, Taker didn't make it to, but uh, Rock and Shamrock did. As did the Hardy Boys, if I remember correctly. The big cat, Ernie Ladd, of course, made his appearance. Such is my adulation for Steve Austin. I have seen both that episode of Nash Bridges, as well as the episode of VIP that he's in. Really? Yep. Is that Pamela Anderson's show? That's the one. I don't remember him being on that at all. Hey, he teaches them the pole driver. Does he really? I bet he does. <laughs> I'm sure the he old Texas... like his blonde. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Texas Rattlesnake did after the show as well. January 17th, WCW sold out on pay-per-view. 10,000. Actually, uh, yeah, it did in fact sell out. 10,255 uh, fans in the building. And 0.78 for 292,500 buys. Pretty shitty buy rate, truth be told. Not too bad, I guess, but uh, the... Uh, a drastic fall from Starcade the month before. Steve McMichael missed this uh, show. He missed his flight due to personal problems. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> the undercard is all filler, writes Dave Meltzer. Well, this the, undercard. These, the, you know, WCW, clearly they've got in their mindset for 99. They are going to start these shows with a bang. Indeed, they do. And, you know, the Ric Flair's in charge. The horsemen are going to be more prominent now. So I, look, again. so I look forward to seeing that. So let's kick it off in style. With Chris Benoit versus fucking Bo Beverly. <laughs> Not Enos. Enos. Mike Enos. Enos. In a, in a competitive match. Yeah. Enos Envy. That's <laughs> 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 an t-shirt. Unfortunately, this is... I mean, and this is actually not a bad match, by the way. I, I don't mean, care. It's Mike Enos. <laughs> it's Mike Enos. But it's, you also get Van Hammer and Fit Finley on this show. Uh, Norman Smiley, Chavo Guerrero, which at uh, least had the, the wood chipper on Peppy. Smiley. Smiley, my apologies. I'm not playing along with that shit. Lex Luger versus Conan takes place oh, on this show. Oh, the work rate portion this of the show. This match is hysterical. Conan, at one point, <laughs> just can't do anything. He's running, oh, he drops to the oh, ground. That, that, the, the effectively basement drop kick when Luger sat there. Oh, yeah. Oh, good no, God. It's when he just... 
stops. He stops. He goes he out the ring. Down. He goes out the ring. He crouches down and he just sits there. This is during the heat. Just leaves the ring and squats down. Luger brings him back in. Goes to do his elbow, his little shitty elbow drop on the floor that he does, and kind of keeps rolling away because he doesn't want to take the move. It starts before that. It starts with yeah. the chin lock, doesn't it? It, start, it starts. And it's lime in the chin. Oh, lock. remember the bear hug. The bear, bear hug. So yeah, <laughs> they're kind of just they've just both taken the knee, like they're discussing strategy. He's not selling it. He's just gassed. Yeah. And he's gassed for the next ten minutes, and he's he's trying his best to just buy a little bit of time. Well, here we go. Here's the story behind this. Conan told Luger that his back had gone out, and he had to stop the match and call the doctor. Lex got a smirk on his face, figuring that he was blown up, and didn't stop the match. <laughs> yet you hear him on the table, I was looking for what Conan says, I've hurt my back, call the doctor. Luger just rolls in the ring and tells the ref to count him out. And of course, it doesn't happen. Luger inter- interrupts the count, gets the smile on his face, and just carries on. So was it not a back injury? <laughs> I, well, that's why I said, when we were watching it back, well, he looks mighty fine doing his rolling clothesline now all of a sudden. After, after he had a break. Yeah. Uh, Saturn actually volunteered to lose the match to Chris Jericho on this show. The stipulation of the match was that if Jericho lost, he'd be off TV for 90 days. But uh, if Jericho won, Saturn had to wear a dress. The idea was to get rid of Jericho because he hasn't signed his contract. But Saturn, because he wanted to wear the dress, figuring it might help break him out of the pack, offered to lose. So uh, that's the story with that one. Uh, That's clearly a man comfortable in his own skin. Indeed. Is he related to Sammy? (laughs) He was Sammy. Ah. (laughs) The wig, obviously. Uh, we got a great Cruiserweight 4-way on this show actually Ray Kibben Hooby and Psychosis a stone from tag match we'd seen on Nitro uh, Rick and David Flair beat Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig uh, with the NWO doing a run-in and the Horsemen uh, getting annihilated and David Flair getting him whipped by Hogan which apparently was a source of heat who knows if it really was fuck that, that was with nice. Flair and Hogan um, anyway Goldberg beats Scott Hall in a good ladder match to end the show and then Scott Hall gets his heat back yeah what the fuck was that about well this is and again even you know, in in a sense, I don't mind the idea of of Ric Flair having to play up that emotion and seeing his son get assaulted by the NWO. If it, if it was just you know, if this was just sort of more of a one-off type of thing that, that you can you can really draw from and build up, you know, as a concept, I'm not opposed to. But you've seen that many NWO beatdowns that it loses any sense of meaning. And then to follow it up with Scott Hall getting his heat back, it is just ninety six. That was infuriating. It's just not. It's just ninety six television. <coughs> I was so angry, man. Like, you watch that back. It's like, okay, Goldberg. They do the, do the thing where he's got the knee injury before the show, and he comes out. And at least, hey, I like that because at least it means that there's a little bit of doubt in this ladder match with the Tades on a pole. If Goldberg can climb the ladder, yeah, and it, it creates the appropriate story. Exactly, and and it makes it allows that the match doesn't have to go two minutes. Gives an, gives an explanation for that. Goldberg powers through and wins anyway. And a great finish where he tosses the taser in the air and then spears Hall anyway while he's looking up to try and get it. It's it's but the fucking give him the heat back at the end was infuriating. Oh that was just made me so mad. Anyway. And throughout this, no talk of where Goldberg's title rematch or anything oh, no, plays in, comes into it because he had that match and he was arrested and then since then Nothing. Just distraction. You, this is your level. Why isn't yeah. Flair giving him it's the match immediately? Yeah. No, it's not even mentioned. There's no emphasis on it. And he should be. The emphasis of Goldberg he was fucked out the title. And Royally. That, when's he going to get it? That's the story. It's just it's non-existent. It's just and, irrelevant. And, that's it. and the fact that he's been screwed over. And you have you have these instances of these NWO beatdowns where they're calling for him to come out. When you know he's on the show later... And doesn't re- reflect positively on him at all, does it? This idea that he wouldn't come out to, because in theory, 
He'd, he'd be chomping at the bit, yeah. you know, leg injury. He'd, he shouldn't. He care. Should, he'd be crawling to the ring to kill them all. Yeah. And yeah, you know, in a believable sense, you think, well, if he gets to the ring, he might actually fucking do it. But, yeah. But no, stay in the back. Stay in the back till your match. <laughs> Until and the guards so, knock on your door. Yeah, don't don't oh, for Goldberg. They're transitioning him for now, at least short term, to a match with Bigelow. Yeah. Who they've booked incredibly strongly by going to a non-finish with Raph. Yeah. I might be sending Babyface to even out the sides, by the way. A lot of focus on Bam Bam here. Just to veer away from that horrible, horrible ending to a pay-per-view. The WWF has now sold out 21 of its last 22 house shows, uh, which is it. We'll keep tally of this as we go along. It gets gets quite impressive. Yeah, quite, quite the contrast to that house show that couldn't sell out 1,400 people. <laughs> house shows or in-house shows? <laughs> That's the sound of one hand clapping you here, folks. Road Dog appreciated that one. He did. Terry Taylor quit WCW before the Nitro on January 18th to take a job working for Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara in scripting the television shows for the WWF and was already at work in his new job the day after on January 19th. Uh, Taylor was working for WCW without a contract which made all of this possible. Apparently, Bischoff jumped Taylor about rumours that he was going to the WWF and told him if he wasn't happy in WCW, leave. Taylor said that he was just under pressure from his father having health problems and Bischoff kindly offered him time off without pay. <laughs> the next day, Taylor made the deal and jumped to the WWF. All oh, this, you know, all this nonsense with contracts. If, you know, if any two people should know better, it's Vincent Bischoff. You saw what happened with Rick Rude in 97. You saw what happened with Luger prior to that. You saw the way that Bischoff got into a panic because he only had... Nash and Hall on these offer sheets as opposed to fully fledged contracts that he then had to panic and get, you know, sign them to ex- extortionate amounts of money. These people just never learn. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And, and, but on the subject of Terry Taylor, <laughs> you know, is it really a case that he's working without a contract or did the Nitro girls just report him to HR? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, him and Scotty. Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll, we'll get out of that. Maybe Scott I, has a rib on him. Because I, because ah. uh, I think, I think that is one of the highlights of oh, Nitro during this January Scott period. Scott Steiner, the sexual. Scott, oh, oh, his his verbiage is superb. <laughs> I'm a freak. You're a freak. We got to be together. <laughs> who, who wouldn't fall for that? <laughs> you should try that, Carl. Just report back to the locker room. He's like, she needs me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. All you girls are going to be next. <laughs> That's on this show, I think, isn't it? January 18th on Nitro. The show opens up with Vic Flair going crazy after what happened at Sold Out, saying he'd wrestle Hogan at Super Bowl for the title, and he'll put his hair up uh, for a match with Eric Bischoff. Bischoff comes out and says that he will do it for if uh, Vic offers to shave his head, and uh, and then I think Flair throws in there. No, he says no. He says no. He says no, and then he's walking away up the ramp, and Flair throws in, I'll give you back WCW. And, and Bischoff goes, oh, okay. And then we get and the then. promo to end all promos you know what from David Flair you know what Liam can I say mongoloid I think you can David Flair is a mongoloid <laughs> and if you think he's just a little camera shy and that's the reason for his mongoloid behaviour when he's not talking when he talks Eugene no, might be the term he, no I'm going with mongoloid look look <laughs> look Kieran you're wrong on this Sorry. do you know why you're wrong because huh? David Flair would never have been invited to a nitro party <laughs> I wouldn't invite him to my nitro party, not even now. And count as many as Dad has. So, yeah. So, promo. Oh, this, oh, that was, I just wrote down there, it's awful promo. That's all I wrote. He screams at Bischoff at the top of his lungs, 
embarrassingly so. He takes off his <laughs> trying shirt. Trying to be his dad. Try, is he? I think so. He takes. I don't think he's trying to. I don't think this guy's ever watched a screaming S. interview live. He takes. Which, a, by the way, I will say Dave Meltzer says this was way better than anyone had the right to expect. <laughs> no, I disagree. I disagree strongly. It's, that's like cheering for someone because they can string a sentence together, which he couldn't. He takes off his shirt. He's got a tiny little bruise on his peck. He bitches about who did this. You did this. <laughs> he begs Bischoff to get down here. Bischoff's already no, get out here yeah Bischoff's already out there dickhead <laughs> he does that over and over again uh, Flair Rick has got this look on his face like questioning the blood test um, <laughs> it's horrible it's horrible it gets worse it dude. gets much worse it gets worse much worse yeah oh god uh, yeah so Bischoff agrees to the match hair versus hair David versus uh, Bischoff tonight Gene- oh, I can't wait to see the rating for that segment oh yeah Gene Oakland interviews uh, Rey Mysterio who challenges Lex Luger and talks about his mask so that's coming up later tonight uh, David Flair then does in fact beat Eric Bischoff what a shitty finish the, the, yeah it's the finish that really ruined this uh. <laughs> this was four stars <laughs> so David's walking like a mongoloid well he's just kind of standing there like a mongoloid uh, 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 thinking what he I don't know what he's thinking no, no, no. nothing because he's a mongoloid he's reminding himself to breathe reminding <laughs> himself to breathe that does make sense he's going rosy in the cheeks because you know he's, he's dander's up I guess um, I think he always looks like that he does he? Look like that. is that um, weird blood pressure thing going on maybe it's hereditary um, poor poor old Bischoff just doesn't know what to do with this lump and not that he can do anything anyway speaking of lump by the way Bischoff is fat he's fat he's God. fat here yeah, but he's like fucking Shawn Michaels in this match compared to David Flair <laughs> he throws a couple of kicks which David Flair no sells so he decides to kick him in the face which that was the key for the bump but he does actually kick him in the face so that was hilarious <laughs> and then we go to the finish Liam the finish where Randy Anderson the referee who you may recall had problems with Bischoff and was uh, reinstated by Nate no no don't no, remember, you don't remember that oh yeah okay. it, happened, Carl. Uh, it did happen I got it in my notes <laughs> so follow me here Randy Anderson walks over to David Flair and hands him a roll of quarters. We don't see this on camera. It's, it's, we're in a wide shot. We're in a wide you shot. Can't see it, but there's we're, we're on Bischoff for the first half, and then it cuts to you kind of just see Randy Anderson looking at David Flair and giving him the, yeah, just bash him kind of thing in his face. David Flair then proceeds to give a girl slap to the back of the ear of Eric Bischoff, who pratfalls like Mark Henry being offered a three-way this punch made CM Punk's offence look like Mike Tyson his prime <laughs> it was Jesus it was absolutely bloody awful and then because that's the finish they shave Bischoff's head and man oh man the grey hair uh. you could see the stresses of this business in a real fast so yeah easy. It, would have ter- it did have a terrible haircut before this though I think Shivani pointed that out I agreed yeah, horrible look. Um, with all of his grey roots, it was as if he aged twenty years in two minutes, says Meltzer. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's the lay of the land. Just look like there. a shit Burt Reynolds. Although Mongo did have the good idea to just do the the one streak up the back, so he looked like a skunk. That was pretty funny for Mongo. So yeah, um, no, he was due to do something useful. I'm not giving him any. He was long overdue. Yeah, Disco Inferno pins Wrath with the stunner after Wrath decked Scott Hall. Of that, says Meltzer. Wrath being the man who went to the non-finish with Bigelow, who's being prepared for a match with Goldberg. Yeah, can't beat Disco Inferno. Follow us here, folks. Scott Steiner sexually harasses the Nitro girls. I wrote down here. Well, everybody kind of hilarious. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Just brilliant. It's a one-man show from Scott Steiner. It's absolutely. Oh, it's I'll give a shout out to Buff because 
Buff is his lackeys. I, I, I love them. Which show is when Buff's got that fucking stupid hat on? That we, uh, with like the, like the, the little mask. It's thing. like the jester yeah. thing. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember if it's it this week or the following week, but yeah. I, I bet they didn't fly off the shelves. Yeah, right up there with the Harris Boys t shirts in terms of uh, popular merch, I think. But uh, also on this show, we have uh, Nash and Luger doing an interview ripping on Conan, largely for his performance the previous night, saying he had no heart and no endurance. And Lex Luger makes fun of him, pretending to be blown up during the promo. <laughs> Luger's a dick. Luger's a dick. Yeah, he makes me laugh though. <laughs> that's exactly the hair attitude. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You're Wait. a dick, but that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Mysterio Jr. beats Lex Luger by disqualification. The crowd was actually really into this. Luger gave Ray a lot of offense, a lot of comebacks, and uh, it actually ends with Ray in control with Nash coming in and hit him with a sidewalk slam. But Ray again makes his own comeback and knocks Nash down with a drop kick. They outnumber him, and then Conan runs in. There you are, Carl, for the save. Yeah, yeah. The dumb fuck that he is comes in with the chair and, throws out they belt, and then he throws it out the ring. <laughs> On the floor. He throws away his weapon. He gives it to them, effectively. Yeah. But they don't want to get in the ring with Conan. Well, no. He's rowdy, rowdy, and bowdy, bowdy. He's so over, by the way, during who this Who knows why he might catch? How, how, how did you feel, Carl, watching Conan during this period? Oh, it's And disgusting. seeing it's, how over he is for grabbing his fucking it's, crotch. It's sickening. <laughs> he grabs his crotch, he gets a pop. I grab my crotch, I get arrested. <laughs> Time and place, Carl. He's wearing trousers at least, Carl. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't in the playground. Yeah, it is different. Swings and roundabouts, yeah. as they say. Yes, <laughs> don't do it by swings and roundabouts. Exactly, Liam, thank you. Anyway. The main event of this show is a three-way with Goldberg, Scott Hall, and Bam Bam Bigelow ending with... The NWO running in and uh, Goldberg holding his own until Ric Flair runs down like Sonic the Hedgehog to help clean house. Uh, after doing such a great uh, sell job on the knee the previous night, Goldberg came out without the knee brace and didn't sell the knee at all. So, running, running non-finish. When did this knee injury happen, by the way? The night before. It sold out. Was there an, an angle for it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, well, you say an angle, they they cut to the back right at the start of the show and Goldberg's just holding his knee. Holding his and that's when Shirt it's the great line of, uh, <laughs> maybe he slipped on some water. <laughs> We'd never know. We'd never know. Obviously, we assume that it's a, an attack from, from Scott Hall. But yeah, so mm, a little bit underwhelming there for the, uh, the again Goldberg stuff. All underwhelming. It, the yeah. two two weeks after yeah. this big high yeah, angle, the, the only remote bright spot that I bright spot bright spot that I took from uh, from that running was solely the fact that Flair at least had enough wherewithal to think I'm running in the ring. I'm not just hitting anyone. I'm making the beeline for Hogan. I'm putting the emphasis on that. It all gets lost in the shit show that's going on. <laughs> But I kind of picked up on it for a second, and it made me smile. Yeah, they, and, and I think the commentary did actually say, "Ah, Shivani saying, no, Flair's gone right, right at Hogan.' He's gone right at Hogan. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that I liked. I liked the yeah, the, the the Ray and Lex stuff. I, I surprisingly liked more than I thought it would in the end. Scott Steiner being the star of the show here, I thought. So uh, and next week's show and next week too. Oh, I know Brett runs in close next week. Anyway, go on. yeah, Brett's great next week. This night, January eighteenth, uh, this is a taped episode of Raw. Terry Funk, in little footnote, was supposed to wrestle Mankind for the WWF title on this show, but Funk got really sick the day before and cancelled, and actually has a form of hepatitis. So there was going to be a cameo and a world title shot for Terry Funk on this episode of Raw. I blame Abdullah. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's probably a fairly safe bet. Um, Raw actually opened instead with the Steve Austin interview where he brought up the idea that he'd be facing Mankind at WrestleMania for the championship. Again, Austin can do no wrong. Crowd in the palm of his hand. He can say whatever he wants. Any old bollocks and they're just going to go crazy for it. The Road Dog beats Gangrel in a good hardcore match on this show. This is one that really stuck in my mind for whatever reason. I remember this match vividly. I think it's just because this initial Road Dog run was a massive pleasant surprise for me. 
And I, I remember distinctly thinking, time, you know, Road Dogs actually in this environment pretty damn enjoyable. So, and I remember this match very well. Well, again, I think yeah, there's another couple of really horrible looking chair shots at the head. Gangrel does get concussed in well, this match. I, and he's I, out for a while. I was I was trying to work out if his bug eyed expression think. was due to the concussion or just his natural look. I, well, I mm. wasn't quite sure. Yeah. That and the that and the numerous attempts to completely break the table. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my abiding memories of this match. Yeah. Um, it's funny, says Melter, that the idea of splitting up the Outlaws was to give Billy Gunn a push, but when they're both in singles, it's clear that Road Dog is by far the superior performer of the two. Indeed. Uh, the final Vincent Mann training video for the Royal Rumble airs here. This is him in the ring with Dr. Tom Pritchard. And I thought this was a little bit... Uh, I didn't like this one quite so much. There's a lot of, quick, you know, a lot of close-up cuts on this, and Vince throwing clotheslines and throwing people over the top rope and stuff like that. Shane on the apron again. Number two in the Rumble, number one in your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. We get the Great Rock Mankind video, Bill and the I Quit match, that to this day I remember so well, with the music in the background, that I will not say them here nor there, I will not say them anywhere. Uh, see, mine was always the abiding memory of... How does it feel to be in a match you can't win and I can't lose? That's one that always stuck with me. Yeah. Oh, this is great, though. It was tremendous. Rock, oh, he's just... How great has the Rock been, by the way, during this match? And he's take. I mean, he, we said, we've said it all along, as soon as he went heel and called himself the Rock, he was just phenomenal. He was, pre- he was pretty much the best heel on the roster, mm. um, bar Vince. Um, but now he's just completely in his own... And he's on another level as a He's fantastic. He's yeah, just um, where he belongs. Right and they're, they're they're you given every opportunity to give him the microphone, whether it's mid match <laughs> interviews or anything. Just give this guy the mic, let him talk, and just let him do his thing. The, the only thing that did surprise <clears throat> the only thing that did surprise me when it came to the Rock is that I thought the crowd were with him earlier than they are. In truth, they st- as, and don't get me wrong, he is he is wonderful during the stretch yeah, we obviously we've, we've seen the development of, of The Rock since the heel turn in the summer of 97 through to now and it's just you know, come on leaps and bounds it's a, it's a joy to behold but I thought the crowd were already with him at this point and they were struggling to maintain him as a heel whereas actually he's still pretty much a bona fide heel in the eyes heel, of the audience I think heel, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, and you know it's, it's only in, in going back and watching these in retrospect that I see that now as I was I always thought they were with him a bit earlier than they were. I think the mankind thing really helped with that, though, because he, ha- having you know, first I think all, having someone who you can generate such sympathy from, yeah, and yeah. plus having enough association with Austin at the same time, where at that point no one's getting cheered over Austin or opposite Austin, it feels like. So on this show, however, China calls out Mark Henry, who apologised and said he really didn't do anything with her, and apologised for besmirching her rep by insinuating that he did. Henry begged. Not to show the video because his mama was there in the front row. And China, that heartless bitch, said that she was going to still show the video. And the whole world got to see Mark Henry making out with a real male cross-dresser, getting a BJ, then going up his dress and filing a penis. Sweet Jesus, <laughs> she's got a penis. <laughs> he then gagged in the bathroom, took his wig off, uh, Sammy took the wig off, and Mama Henry, looking incredibly unconvincing, took him to the back by the ear, slapping him uh, around. Was she actually his mum? <laughs> no. She was a so. rubbish actress then. Oh, she was cack. I thought, I thought it must be his mum. Yeah. Apart from the fact she looked younger than Mark. Yeah. Um, but I thought the fact that she was such a bad actress that she must be his real mum. Mm. Or Shelton Benjamin's mum. I wasn't sure. One of the two. <laughs> but... Didn't he sell the slaps wonderfully? He sold them. How we, how we, job great. You know, we're, we're talking, we're talking, Briscoe chair shot to Austin here. The way the way that Mark was selling these, you know, as weak <laughs> as they may, as weak as they may have looked to, to the naked eye, I genuinely thought he was hurt. I really did. 
<laughs> Mark he, Henry. He, he sold them that well. This poor motherfucker. This How did he do this, this angle? Uh, but he, but he, you know, he did it with such pizzazz. <laughs> he gave it the old college try. And more to the point, what reason has China got to be angry? Having offered him the three-way two weeks ago, is it just because she wasn't there? Is that what it was? No, she explained, uh, Carl, that she's never had sex with Mark Henry. She never would have sex with Mark Henry. And this was to to uh, get her own back for all the lies that Mark Henry had said. Yeah, Mark Henry had claimed Which that he made had got no sense, there. since though she'd been dicking around having for weeks. Um, one could only assume, for some reason, the writer of the show has changed his direction for China, and he was going to come up with something else for her. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Bear in mind that fake turn when they turn on Sean as well. It's just, it's another layer to this. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? Cheesy broth. Yeah. <laughs> so long as those uh, those A's are fantastic. Indeed. Mm. Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe throughout the show are building up a match with China. <laughs> they were awesome. Oh, the Stooges are great here show, again. Show long, fantastic. Briscoe's talking about all of his wrestling credentials that are actually Jack's. <laughs> Patterson's going out and saying he's going to give him an atomic drop. Yeah, the first IC champion of all time. time. Yeah, that was great Wink. stuff. Yeah. They did the Undertaker segment again. Hideously bad, says Dave Meltzer. I've been given the impression there's a good chance this gimmick will be modified big time because it's dying live. Even with the fake crowd noise they use on tape shows, you can hear the crowd booing this segment unmercifully. Another one of the Undertaker's fucking nauseating, boring speeches. This is one where he's just in the back, isn't it? No, no, he's in, oh, he's no. in his chair again, but they're all just kind of dicking around, you know, oh, the other flaming horse oh, shit. Maybe, and... maybe it's next week somewhere, for some reason, he's just shown in his chair in the back. Mm. Yeah. It's this stuff's horrible, it's man. Just, we, I've talked to you in the in the past, Lee. I'm, I'm sure I probably mentioned it to yourself as well, Ken. How WWF television in '99 really doesn't hold up that well. I mean, we're in, in the first month here. Yeah, and 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 whilst Austin is great, Rock's great. Obviously, I love the stuff with Mankind because I'm biased. Um, the Stooges are great. The Stooges are great. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty. Yeah, Vince is fantastic. Even so, even with all those good bits, you get dog shit like this. And this is dog shit. This and the transvestite blowjob on the shame. And obviously the miscarriage the week, you know, <sighs> the week before, you know, there's so many things that you look back and watch now. This is bloody awful. Is this the week when, when they make Delo buy tampons or something like that? It, it's, it's either that week or, or the, the following week before. Week. Yeah, I can't remember which week it is. But... Uh, you know, again, Delo, like his counterpart, Mark, tries his best to, you know, be convincing and. I thought he was genuinely embarrassed. I won't lie. I would be if I was in that segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they actually did the match China versus the Stooges, and they do some funny shit here where, uh, obviously, they're awful. China's just beating the shit out of them two on one. Uh, they finally get her down. Sable's music plays. They do a running, but Luna starts whipping her with a belt. Uh, then we get the scene where uh, Patson and Briscoe, they throw powder in the eyes of China, and they start slapping her on the ass, and then at one point they digitise this, where they both just start jiggling their tits around. It's not digitised on the network, is it? I think it is. Pretty sure I saw it. Ah, I okay. Not yeah, but jiggling. Yeah, the Patson when he's like disgusted, <laughs> hilarious. Patson jiggles her tits and then like shakes his hands like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> what's that? Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. put it right. <laughs> No one ever had any questions about Pat before Legends House, did they? No, <laughs> not at all. The main event of the show is Rock versus Kane. Uh, Rock kept calling Kane a giant retard. Big red retard. Big red retard. He finally calls him a retard at one point yeah. as well backstage. Vince told Kane that when Rock hits him with a finger, 
<laughs> he has to lay down. Of course, WCW deserved that one. Uh, of course, he didn't, and they ended up wrestling for four minutes before the rest of the corporate team jumped Kane. Mankind made the save, and it ends with Steve Austin getting the biggest pop of the show once again by showing up for the finish. I think it might be in this show or next week's show as well. They make a di- they take a dig at uh, WCW for saying uh, about finishes and main events and stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, they 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 love getting their digs in now that they're on top. Raw captured all eight quarters once again en route to a near record 5.6 to Nitro's 4.9. The head-to-head two hours and four minutes saw Raw at 5.6, Nitro at 4.4. So the average head-to-head gap was more than one full point. The overrun of Rock and Kane uh, versus Goldberg, Hall and Bigelow's three-way was a 6.0 to WCW's 5.3. So again, very convincing victory here for the WWF. But again, Nitro's number, 4.9. Yeah, they're not numbers to, to sort of turn your nose on. Not at all. 5.0, like 5.0, 4.9. It just speaks to just how popular wrestling was. That's double what Raw's rating is now with no competition. Think about that. The closest thing Nitro had to a winning segment was a 4.8 for a Nash interview, which lost handily to the 5.7 for the Mark Henry blowjob. <laughs> The biggest thrashing... Ratings draw, Mark Henry. Well, hold on there. The biggest thrashing from uh, Raw was a 6.1 for Al Snow versus Goldust, which did uh, yeah, 6.1 to Hooventude versus Psychosis doing a 3.9. Must be the masks. It must be. Oh, no, who is mask? Who, who is that mask on? Ah, yeah, oh, damn it. Damn it. Over in this country, Raw beats Nitro in the on the Sky versus TNT, 400,000 to 300,000. Point the gap there now, all of a sudden. WCWs haven't dropped, though. No, they haven't dropped. WFs has just added on the UK side. TSN also edited both the Mark Henry angle, uh, obviously, which nearly everybody in the WF has conceded already was a massive mistake to do, and the spot where China was molested by Patterson and Briscoe was also taken off the show in Canada. So, uh, yeah, there's a pattern here of people not liking this content and chopping where they need to. Benoit, Malenko and Guerrero have all signed their new contracts with WCW. The situation with Jericho remains the same however, there is now personal heat between Bischoff and Jericho because Bischoff claims Jericho actually verbally agreed to a deal a way back but now will not sign it because he's uh, gathered that there is WWF interest so even though he agreed on a number before, now that he's realised that he's high on the acquisitions list he ain't signing, he ain't signing for anything. The career as an active wrestler of Shawn Michaels appears to have largely ended. Certainly, as of any kind of regular in-ring performer, stemming from the back injury suffered at the 98 Royal Rumble. After his surgery last week, his doctor was quoted in the local newspaper, as well as gave the private opinion to Michaels and the WWF. His wrestling days are over. Michaels had largely been telling friends, even before undergoing the operation, that he felt he had maybe five matches left in him. Quack, doctor. (laughs) Mark, doctor, doctor. is what I'm thinking. There are no long-term plans to keep David Flair around, you'll be glad to know. Uh, he was brought in to just do the angle to set up Flair versus Hogan. He's planning to be a state trooper, but hasn't closed his mind to the idea of being a wrestler, but won't become a wrestler without a lot more training than he's received thus far. This is the David Flair who would become the United States champion by the end of the year, <laughs> just so you all know. Well, that's a long time from there, Liam. Yeah, we can only assume he's improved a lot by then. Mm. Especially when you consider what WCW were probably giving him in the form of checks. I wonder, actually, what that was. Mm. Trish Stratus, a fitness model, was on Off the Record on January 19th, saying she's actually looking to get into the WWF as a valet. What will become of this, sir? Uh, mm, young wench. <laughs> this young lady. Goldberg will be on the sidelines at the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. Don't think he was ever mentioned on WCW, maybe once in passing. Obviously, they got whipped by the Broncos anyway, but what, do, what can you do? Uh, Hogan. Hulk Hogan. The word. 
was on Man Cow in Chicago, our, our boy from the review a couple of weeks back, <sighs> claiming that he came back so soon because, and this is a quote, I sat back for a couple of months and watched the ratings plummet and these so-called superstars of five to nine years try to carry the load. So I'm back and ready to put money in everybody's pockets. <laughs> and, and how does how does a man comfortably in his 40s at this point wearing baggy oh, fubu jeans yeah, and, a, bias. And, a, and a beanie hat accomplish that yeah. how does that work he stole Conan's wardrobe and he's trying to pull it off and Good. it's awful the, the only th- I'm surprised he didn't go back to referring to himself as the wood at that stage he should have he should have it would have been appropriate Hogan's just oh, oh it's awful he's ready to come back and be the star again because things are going so bad as we talked about wasn't actually really the case I mean in some instances certain numbers didn't do well but overall no not the case weird story on Sable this week her planned strap match with Luna at the Royal Rumble actually fell apart completely Mero and Sable want to change her image to being more respectable and don't want her doing as much wrestling since she isn't trained Mero actually complained to Jim Ross about the strap match because he felt it was too dangerous since there were no plans to do practice sessions since Sable was being so heavily booked for public appearances and the match was pulled from the Rumble just before doing voiceovers for TV Mero agreed to let Sable do the match when the WWF agreed to allow a walkthrough of the match the morning of the pay-per-view. Judging from the TV, the focus has clearly shifted away from Sable and towards Deborah McMichael as the main female character they tease getting naked. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and this is actually start of a pattern with Sable where the de-emphasis on her starts to become a bit more apparent because throughout this month she doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot. So, yeah, I, I dare say that's... And for someone who is a big ratings draw... Yeah, mate, well, I, I think... Yeah, she was a big ratings draw, but you've got Steve Austin. <laughs> At the end of the day, you've got Steve Austin. You don't you don't need her. Um, and maybe this is just a case of a diva attitude. That's oh, been, personality that, problems. That's, are, that's are been coming. remarked remarked about in, in you know by various people throughout the industry. WWF officials are expected to meet with Tank Abbott and Chemo over the weekend when they're in LA about a possible brawl for all match with Bart Gunn, which could take place at WrestleMania, but nothing is definite yet. Abbott has expressed interest in going full time as a pro wrestler as well. Well, we know one person in that WF locker room who was uh, paying attention to that statement. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, no, was that? No, it wasn't. Who's that? Who was it who brought, wanted to bring in Abbott? Was, was it Russo? Yeah. It was Russo. Yeah, it was Russo. <laughs> yeah. For a second there, I thought it was someone else. No, no, no. Big, big Vinny Roo. Uh, Sunday Night Heat on January 31st will start when halftime starts at the Super Bowl. They've heavily hyped halftime heat to the point it should do a good rating, and if they put it on in the regular slot against the Super Bowl, it would have died. Of course, WCW in previous years, when they've done television, have gone opposite the Super Bowl, and the ratings are less than half of their usual numbers. <laughs> ah, WCW. Uh, we've got a note here from the Torch, which is actually a pretty interesting one. Triple H renewed his contract for the WWF for five years. His previous contract was set to expire in October of this year. With former click buddy Kevin Nash booking in WCW, it was a lock that Hunter could have received a huge guaranteed contract from WCW. Because he's happy in the WWF and believes they'll handle the direction of his character better in the long run, he decided to stay with the WWF for less guaranteed money than WCW was going to offer. Well, no one ever said he wasn't smart. And remember... At the back end of last year, there were doubts in the WWF about Triple H. They weren't thinking that he had the attitude or the, uh, basically, the goods to, to get past this current level. So I was actually quite, you know, hey, 
He, he could have made a leap, but he, he stayed. Smart man, as you say. It's, it's the, the taker, Preston. He knows. You, you stick with this company, show a bit of loyalty, a bit of tenure, and uh, you'll get a push. And Hey, Presto. And, and from the WWF's perspective, even if those doubts still remain about Triple H at this stage, you can imagine the thought process of being, well, we're bringing the giant in, we're ahead in the ratings, you know, our, our business is, is, is doing fantastically well, you know, with, with all that momentum, you know, we can afford to keep Triple H for, for that amount of money, it's, we're, we're not going to miss that amount of money, if, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out, we've not really lost anything in the grand scheme of things, and it deprives them of someone, and you know, even even if it is just a, a Triple H who they're doubtful about, why why give WCW any sort of opening when you don't need to? Speaking of the giant, who is a fat man, as we discussed here. Oh yes. In an effort to get his weight under control, he underwent liposuction this past week. It didn't work. <laughs> Where did they put those? Huh? Where? In his ass. Oh, straight out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it works that way. Want my lips on the end of that tube? Tell me that much. On the home video market, WWF has the top eight best-selling videos in the sports listings now. So uh, they're quite popular. Sunday Night Heat on January twenty-fourth. This is right before the Royal Rumble. Uh, did a four-point-eight rating, which is ridiculous considering the West Coast didn't even see this show. But it features the return of Mabel to go against Mankind in a fucking terrible match. So I'm glad he's back. Of course, this leads us to January 24th, the WWF Royal Rumble, 14,816 fans. An enormous 1.57 to 1.8 buy rate, unconfirmed at this point uh, in the timeline, for somewhere between 588 and 700,000 buys. So uh, the most buys for a Rumble ever up to this point. Uh, The Rumble match itself, the Royal Russo, as we'll call it around this table, showcased badly the WWF's lack of depth, which couldn't even be hidden by booking the match around Steve Austin. A terrible this, Royal Rumble. This, this is not not even just the Rumble match, is it? As as a as a top to bottom card, it if it's not the worst Royal Rumble of all time, <laughs> it's in the discussion. I think it's very much in. The, I think this might be as a show, the worst. I can't think of one worse off the top of my head. Well, that, that's the thing. Even if we come away from this this podcast and and, and the email is when we get some feedback from from yourselves, I'm sure they'll can come think, up with something. Can think of candidate. better ones when they've got more time to think about it. But you know, the fact that off the top of your head you can't immediately recall a worse one mm. speaks volumes. Yeah, so let's go through this murderer's row of matches. Yeah. Road Dog, the babyface, loses clean to the heel boss man. Who, you know, Road Dog. For as much as we can say, you know, he comes out of these hardcore matches looking good you know it's it's, it's a nice way to, to hide his weaknesses this is just a straight up singles match and, <laughs> and it's it's awful and he loses and he loses loses clean he all wins clean as a whistle Ken Shamrock Billy Gunn long boring match Shamrock beats him clean with the ankle lock clean as a whistle clean as a whistle clean as a sheet X-Pac beats Gangrel in which at this point I think felt like uh, yep the only noteworthy thing being Teddy Long fucking, fucking up the count you get Sable and Luna uh yeah, I will. What did Gangrel do to earn a European title shot? We got battered by Road Dog on yeah. Raw. Yeah, uh, before he was battered by Road Dog on Raw, they'd mentioned during that match that he's fighting for the European title at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> why? <laughs> why would you do that? I don't, I don't know why they would do that. Yeah, God. so let's go on to uh, Luna and Sable, which has been. Thank you, Drive Through. Yeah, which has been captured so gloriously by Vince Russo's instructions to Sable on Beyond the Mat. <laughs> telling her to sell the back 
sell her back to the point where we don't think you're going to be able to compete. Now, wasn't that from the angle the year before when Luna and uh, Goldust attacked her? I remember, and Russo was there with his suit jacket. And no, put it, put no, it no, no, no. It's it's the rumble. Are you sure? Then, yeah, because then it cuts to her holding the belt and trying to come with somebody walk up the ring steps, struggling mightily. And it's yeah. Ah, okay. Awful. Rock mankind deserves some discussion here. My God, we've talked about these horrible oh, chair shots. Oh, it's just an absolute pasting. Rock wins the belt back and a fuck finish. By the way, yeah. Sp- speaking of something that's kind of immortalized by uh, beyond the beyond the mat. The, yeah. the kids watching the front yeah, row is my this, this is all just really uncomfortable. And when you think about Foley now, and forgetting that, what town he's forget, in, yeah, that, that that forgetfulness, and you can't help but draw back to instances such as the such fact you can't look ball. directly at flash photography anymore. Yeah, it's just. Oh so sad it's not the best it's not the best no and even even if you take away the, the, the unprotected chair shots there he's taking DDTs on the chair even something as daft as putting the bell next to his head and bells will be ringing yeah. rock rock's is, great rock, rock is rock is, so rock is brilliant but it's just there's there's an uncomfortableness to, to watch and can't get away from yeah well, yeah, that that'll, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, although there is one humorous, if you want to look at it from a sadistic perspective, when they're in the aisle near the end, and Rock's raising the chair, and Foley's got his back to Rock because he wants the match over with, and Rock doesn't swing the chair, so Foley has to turn around and take one more chair shot from the Rock before Rock then gives him the one to the back of the head because Rock's wanting to bash his brains in a little bit more. The Royal Rumble match itself, turd, absolute turd. Vince wins. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, uh, it's more apropos to talk about after the next Raw but uh, yeah made no sense the next night <laughs> I got I got a detour into our continuity here because I have to just read off the list because I laugh my ass off I watched this Royal Rumble because I have very vague faded memories of this particular match I've only seen it a couple of times so I went back to watch this before this show and was absolutely stunned what was mentioned there by Melt about the absolute lack of depth in the match itself because listen to this oh, they did, fucking lineup of they people. They did this on the air before the week before the show. They said it's it's planning it's lining up to be the biggest Royal Rumble of all time. <laughs> it's got Steve Austin, Vince McMahon, and pe- the rest people. <laughs> the Godfather's in it. <laughs> Indeed, Al Snow. So and they accentuate Al Snow. Al Snow. Yeah. Losing to Road Dog near you, by the way. So your Road Dog, your Austin Vince start this thing at one and two. You get a couple of red hot minutes here. Actually, this is this is good. And then, and listen to this. <laughs> From three onwards, Golga draws Edge, Gilbert, Steve Blackman, Dan Seven, Tiger Ali Singh, the Blue Meanie, Mabel, in a row. <laughs> My God! And don't forget, there's a portion during that batch where Draws walks out to the ring. And Vince and Austin have bailed, so George just has to stand there for 90 seconds, <laughs> waiting sure. for someone Aren't else to come like in. Aren't there like three points in this match where there's no one in the ring? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Yeah, there is There is this one, the the, the draws one. There is where Mabel Gets, is yeah. abducted by the Ministry. <sighs> God. <laughs> and Road Dog is left alone in the ring. What an eye for talent the Undertaker <laughs> has, by the way. <laughs> Faruk Asad, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. <laughs> He's genius. Think about Phineas it. Phineas Godwin and Mabel. Think about it. Yeah, they're all fucking schlubs who you probably have to work with at some point. It's like, stick all these... After years, after years of working with these fucking useless giants and fat bastards, <laughs> let's start a stable with all of them. There's only been, like, decent guys left. Surely I can have a good match with someone. And then he gets boss man at Mania. <laughs> <laughs> Missed that one. 
Gangrel, Kurgan, Al Snow, Goldust, Godfather. You get a couple of the Kane is in the ring, he eliminates himself when the uh... Yeah, uh, that's another one. <laughs> yeah. The orderlies come and he runs away. And then they then he loaded up with talent at the back that end. Fucking... Yeah, very interesting. So of course, in the end, they stockpile at the end with a lot of the corporate guys, DX guys. China comes in and eliminates Mark Henry and then gets shit canned by Austin. Oh, that's that's fantastic as well. And of course, at the very end, it's Austin and Vince. Vince who's on commentary for a lot of this. Uh, Rock comes out and distracts Vince dumps him Vince wins the rumble yeah yeah very much the poor uh, show very much the corporation's night yeah designed to be obviously with them going over in pretty much every single match it's just at the end which which again fine in theory build up that heel heat you know with the notion of Austin getting the belt back in Mania but again execution Mm. just poor something to be desired Gunn must have done something bad because he uh, got killed in every angle got killed in most of the match and still did the job clean in the end and hobbled back out to the ring for the rumble like an idiot <laughs> which is great and it is revealed actually in the torch Billy Gunn was scheduled to win the IC title from Shamrock at this show but the plan was changed the day before due to problems with Billy Gunn's attitude and habit of showing up late and wasted to shows uh, management made an example out of him by switching to the finish of him tapping out clean to the angle lock to uh, I guess yeah send a message God, if he was in WCW he'd have been US champ by now <laughs> uh, we move to the next night January 25th on Raw obviously this is the last Raw and Nitro of this month we'll be talking about the show opened with Vincent Mann doing an interview saying he was giving up his title shot but would appoint someone of his choosing to the Wrestlemania match against The Rock McMahon said he was going to give Rock the $100,000 bounty uh, from Shane's trust fund uh, for distracting Austin to help Vince win in the Rumble. Obviously, Vince had promised that beforehand to anyone who eliminated Austin. Austin then showed up on the Titan Tron from Shawn Michaels' house in San Antonio, and they both looked shit-faced. Yes, yes, they did. But, but, don't you think that Shawn was just so much more natural and so much more convincing in this role at this point than at any time during <laughs> the corporate commissioner. The most convincing babyface been so far, shit face Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I defy you to go back and watch the weeks prior to that and tell me any different. He he, he did look. He was three sheets to the wind. He looked here. he looked a bit of a beat man. It, it's Austin had those glassy eyes. Austin had the glassy eyes, but you think okay at the same the time vacant smile. Actually, they probably both had pills, but at least Sean had like legit pain pills to take as well at this mm, point. Real strong stuff. So he must have been yeah properly pr- properly wasted. Um, but Vince yeah so Vince relinquishes the num the 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 title shot of WrestleMania, which he's won. Which then Sean then tells us he's begun of the rule book. I guess while he's been lying in hospital. Yeah, and if- and actually and he pulls it into he pulls the rule book into camera shots, which is a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah. and he says, "Oh no, it's lying around here somewhere." <laughs> you see, yeah. so much more convincing. It would have been just like Scott Hall was there as well. Oh, yeah. that would be beautiful. Um, yeah, so he's he- been the bartender. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> drinks all around. Um. Sean uh, yeah, informs us that he's checked the rulebook and if you forfeit or cannot compete at WrestleMania, the, the, the winner of the Rumble, the runner-up gets the title shot, which is Steve Austin. And it's in the rulebook. It's in the rulebook. Just bear that in mind for maybe this year. Yeah. Randy Orton has vacated his uh, championship <laughs> match. It's time for the big dog to get what's him. Yeah. Let's start a campaign, folks. Justice, <laughs> justice for Roman. Um, Do yeah. that way yourself. <clears throat> so then they make, is this, they make the match at this point where... Austin versus Vince Austin gets the shot because he puts that shot up on the line to get a cage match with Vince at St. Valentine's so that's the right so the babyface gets wins the title shot back that he was screwed out of which gets it back the question but he gets it back through default this whole fucking thing is ridiculous it's like this whole the rumble what an absolute mess 
all set up just okay we need somehow to get into this Vince Austin match and this is the best way they could come up with did they not why didn't they just have Austin win the Rumble and Vince last ditch effort I will put if you, I'll do anything to get that off you I'll do anything and, and Austin sees his chance and says alright you and me in a cage and I'll, then I'll put it on the line what do you say at the time? because it's not like Austin's winning anything anyway he's already got it he's yeah, already got the title shot exactly uh, it, it, makes no, it makes no sense it's just it's was just, it because they didn't want Austin to win three years in a row um uh, I thought it was just they just wanted to get over the no chance in hell catchphrase because they made Vince's music off the back of the catchphrase and that was the heart of the Royal Rumble yeah. or was it the actual that, that momentary thing on the one night of the pay-per-view where the corporation goes over everything yeah and I understand that but but just to piss it away the next on the first segment yeah, on Raw throw it away so we didn't want to do that it's, we did that just as a bit of a wrinkle mm. but there's no you pay oh, uh, yeah it, it's it's ridiculous it's again it's, it speaks to this nature of I think Vince Russo being a bit more off the uh, off the leash it's a bit of a lighter leash on Vinnie Rude this month, I think. Even even if they don't want to do it that way and have Austin win three years in a row and, and go that route, which which makes infinitely more sense than what they, they ended up doing, why not have Austin do something to Shane? You've already played into that notion of that that's one of that's one that's Vince's, Vince's weak spot. Yeah, it's because you saw Foley do it. So why not have why not have Austin do something similar? Yeah, it's, it's a bit repetitive, I grant you. But again, it, it would make more sense than what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mankind uh, shows up and attacks the security guard and steals the $100,000 and starts throwing bills into the crowd and said he'd throw all of the money away unless Rock agreed to an empty arena match at halftime of the big game. Since they, I don't think they were allowed to say the word Super Bowl. Yeah, um, Mick Foley, the way he's throwing around that money, he was never going to be a pitcher, was he? No. Well, it's because he didn't want to throw to the fans. He was going to come back and collect it later on when the second oh, the, break. Oh, well, it was that great little bit where he pocketed some of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I bet he didn't fucking give that back. I know. I, I like to think that he walked out the building with that money that <laughs> yeah, night. I bet he did. <laughs> he was fucking stuffed with dollar bills, wasn't he? Like a stripper when he left the building. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gunn beats Goldust when Blue Dust appears. Ugh. This sucked. Blue Dust sucks. Um, and then what a match we get at the pay-per-view by the way with those two and Michael Cole saying as if we all know who Blue Dust was yeah we've got, this I've got to veer off course a little bit because we haven't mentioned this The um, throughout this month they've been making uh, Al Snow's uh, had head stolen so of course and Gold, Gold has painted it up right yeah lots of jokes about how uh, he, he, you know the commentators say he needs head he's involved by head jokes not funny and you know this is the kind of humour I would find hilarious <laughs> nothing funny this is right we were having you <laughs> nothing yeah not, not getting even a raise of a tickle from me until the end of one Al Snow match where Al's in the corner and he's on the floor and he's looking wide eyed crazy and goes oh god I need head <laughs> that, I, lost, I lost my shit over that <laughs> yeah. I need to track that down I, I missed that do, it's hilarious <laughs> I missed that that's pretty great the Stooges tried to get Ken Shamrock and Bossman to drink salt pizza, which is what they used to give soldiers in the war to stop them from getting horny. <laughs> this is Jarrett then win the tag team titles from Shamrock and Bossman, the current champions. Deborah tried to distract them, but neither man cared since they drank the magic potion. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's just uh, yo that emphasis. On the corporation are going to get this one glorious night because look at what we're going to follow it up with. Yeah, pretty much. Let's get the belts off them. Uh, alright then and and how does this happen a black blue blazer runs in <laughs> was it Coco Beware it was indeed Coco Beware hits Ken Shamrock with a guitar and Owen scores the pin uh, I think the guitar yeah. was actually breaking before it struck his head yeah, he was swinging it with some force old Coco Kane was forced to apologise for what happened last week uh, against The Rock 
Uh, X-Pac tries to get Kane to join DX, but Kane lays him out, and Shane gives X-Pac the Bronco Buster. So obviously we're uh, putting things in motion here for X-Pac and Shane McMahon. Yeah, it's a wonderfully heel Bronco Buster as well. It was. Really, yeah, real fucking prick Bronco Buster. Uh, we get the Val Venus shower scene with Ryan Shamrock here, the uh, saving Ryan's privates, I believe Cool or whatever. <laughs> All these Val Venus, you know, revelations well, when you slept with somebody. Yeah, but it's a big question. You know, when someone says to me privates, I immediately think balls. So why would Ryan have balls unless, you know, this is another Sammy? Girls have private parts too. A private car. Not in the WWF. Oh, no. Not in the WWF. Although it was, yeah, they, they, he built it as saving Ryan's privates, but the, the screen, a different name. Sister Act. Sister Act, yeah, so. Again, it was all over the shop. It was. Just, well, if they hired a real, if they hired a real porn writer to do it for, all I know, you know. Yeah, it was all over the shop in the shower afterwards as well. <laughs> Undertaker did a very short segment, which was enough to take half a point from the quarter hour rating. <laughs> so this ministry thing's going over really, really well. Really is death. Yep. <laughs> Mabel is now with his ministry. Meltzer goes off on one here. Somebody explain Mabel to me. Are they trying to kill the Undertaker's career? They buried Vader underground and he was infinitely more talented and in better condition and didn't have a rep for hurting people and he was a big money player as opposed to a gigantic flop when he was given the ball. This guy couldn't even draw heat or even have a dud match with Mick Foley at the peak of Foley's popularity. Seriously, they should have brought back Sid or Ahmed Johnson way before <coughs> this clown. Not to mention how silly and useless it is to bring in another near giant when Paul White is coming next month and it isn't as if the WWF's weakest point isn't all those big guys except Kane and Taker. So yeah. So what Meltz is saying Mabel's back a... and it's stupid. And he couldn't draw flies with shit. No. Is Meltzer saying he, he wants Vader in the ministry? Well, the whole <laughs> the whole point was that Vader was ostracised being too fat. Nothing but a big fat piece of shit, if you remember. Jobbing to everybody, including Al Snow, on the episode of Raw, even though he <laughs> kicked out on three anyway. But uh, he's jobbing to everybody because he was out of shape. And they bring about this fat fuck who's and, fatter and, and worse in every single way. And the giant that possibly is fattest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The main event of this is a Rock and Triple H in an I Quit match. This was set up earlier in the show where Triple H had done the promo talking about how the last time they'd wrestled, he took the belt from Rock, uh, which is the IC title, obviously, at SummerSlam. This is leading to, again, the rematch here. Uh, Triple H quits to save China from Kane, and then China low blows Triple H and joins the corporation to end the show. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Please, I'll So, they screw Sean Michaels. We're letting that go, apparently. Probably because everyone hates Sean because he's a bit of a dick. That's not right. Yeah, it's not, not fair. Not mentioned since. Not even by Sean when he's hanging out with Austin. No, well, he wouldn't know, would he? He's high drunty TV. He's in mm. the hospital. So I understand, Sean. Um, yeah, uh, so are they turning? Are they not turning? I don't know. Uh, uh, Shane Fast counted Mankind, Mankind down against, to Triple H. 12 Triple H. And now Triple H Pedigree China. China was with Mark Henry. It was very strange how that abruptly ended and she denied everything. I'm guessing they changed what they were doing with her and thought, I know what we'll do. We'll get her out of that Mark Henry stuff and we'll put her in with the, the, with the corporation. It does seem like the stuff was changed on a dime for no weekly. apparent reason. Yeah. Befuddling. Doing shit yeah. weekly. Yeah, almost as if, you know, someone's exerting a, what bit of influence they have there. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, this match was great for Rock calling Triple H part queer and <laughs> uh, yeah people's elbow onto the ring bell with the hammer with the uh, ring hammer again um, fantastic stuff but the, the disparity 
in star power of these two now. Oh, it oh. struck me like a fucking... I wrote down in my notes, rock, great, Triple H, not. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the long... He's, the whole look. He's beautifully clean, long hair. These awful tights. He's just, he looks like so Mikado, and that's what he was. And he just, no one gives a shit about him, really. No one no. gives a shit about him. If he's not there, no one notices. And that was what we said on the last show. Yep. The month before. He wasn't there, and you don't notice he's not there because he's not. X adds nothing. X Pac's much a better babyface yep. for DX uh, than the Triple H is. Yeah, and real downplay on X Pac, by the way, in this last two months. Yeah. Since uh, Trips has come back, very notable. Over on Nitro this same night, Stevie and Hennig are talking to the black and white guys that want to tell the Wolfpack off. But when they arrived, Stevie stooged on Hennig. And they all uh, beat him up and kick him out of the Wolfpack. The Wolfpack start talking about trimming the fat. Uh, this is where we get the wonderful, I believe, never ending. It actually starts, doesn't it, on Virgil looking into the camera. It's, the secret camera. Yeah, it starts with they're in the locker room. With the black and white. Vincent is telling everyone. The B team. That he wants to be Vince now. Yes. Um, Stevie Ray's got a rock shirt on. He's just being the rock, basically. It's a $500 shirt. He's basically being rock. Um, they. And if you thought Triple H didn't look like a star. Yeah. Yeah, so they all leave. They talk about nothing because they're a real bunch of no marks. <laughs> then Vincent, sorry, Vince, finds a camera and persists to <laughs> stare into it for the next 10 minutes. Talking to himself, going, guys, we're being filmed. And there's no one there, by the way. They're no, there's not. The they're all gone, because that's why he was stealing stuff out of lockers to find this camera in the first place. Yeah. Um, but lo and behold, the NWO wolf pack in their tiny limo. <laughs> crammed are, in there like sardines. Are actually in watching. The, they're the ones with the camera, so... Uh, Something's awry. Here. And of course, they're all watching this with nothing happening. Virgil's looking into this, the hidden camera like Ace Ventura in the fish tank in fucking Pet Detective, just moving his head around, bobbing. What's this, man? And then <laughs> Nash at one point, who booked this, by the way, just watches and it feels like an hour passes and Nash just quietly shakes his head. <laughs> what the fuck is this? And they put it on the air. Wonderful. Uh, Flair this week sent Bischoff to work at the concession stand. Bischoff is using a TV show watched by millions to be a psychiatric release as he was complaining about internal audits and disappearing money <laughs> as, funnily enough, WCW is in the midst of an internal audit and he's being questioned about disappearing money. Uh, Hall versus Bam Bam Bigelow in a ladder match isn't too bad. Ends up with two tasers uh, being used in the ring. Goldberg comes in and beats them both up. Double spear. Uh, and then, of course, Scott Norton comes in to jump Goldberg to set up a match for later on. Scott Norton. What more can you say? What more do you want? Uh, they do the match later on, and this match is a fucking calamity if ever I've seen one. I'm pre- I was pretty con- uh, convinced by this point that Nash's idea was just to bury Goldberg. From the dropping the bell to this match, giving him I had eight, ten minutes, something yeah. like that. Absolute... Oh. With Scott Norton, who's not over. Yeah. And Norton's just beating his ass. At one point, yeah. Goldberg... And this, is, this is the level of Goldberg as a worker at this point, right? Norton goes to throw his head into the guardrail and Goldberg just fucking headbutts the guardrail he takes it for real he takes the head headbutt the guardrail no reason at all this match at one point just falls apart they're on the outside <laughs> they're reversing Irish whips but no one actually wants to they just stop running on the Irish whip it's hideous it's, it's awful but it's just Norton looks like he doesn't want know, to bump it's like we said that this idea of you can work your way out of the, the sort of the box you've booked yourself in when you buried Goldberg at the Georgia Dome, if you start having him in revenge, just completely mow down members of the NWO. I don't, I don't even mind him. Start, you know, not not necessarily starting. But I, have, I don't have an objection to you using the B team as roadblocks. 
if you want to do that through TV over a couple of weeks, you know, and have him lay waste to everyone in the B team, you know, quick uh, out of the way, you know, nice, you know, thanks for coming off you go. Mm. I'm fine with that. As, as long as it's part of his mission to just destroy the NWO. But no, the, the, one of the individuals who they've openly referred to as the B team has to go into a competitive match with Goldberg. He should have been. He should have been stalking them and doing to them yeah. what they've been doing to everyone else, and yeah. coming in, interrupting their matches, just beating the shit out of them yeah, one well, by one, making them scared of him. For fuck's sake, it's not hard. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd even had the idea of earlier the Flair attacking the limo to get to Hogan. Why aren't you having oh. Goldberg do that? That segment, by you know, the way. <laughs> why, why aren't you having Goldberg just march straight into the arena? find the NWO locker room and kick the fucking door in yeah, yeah doesn't you know, care if it's 20 yeah, on yeah, one doesn't, doesn't know now you can just have two or three of them in there and he just goes and beats the shit out of them and walks out but have that notion of he doesn't care how many are in there or not he's just going to kill whatever's in front of him instead oh, he's getting chopped by yeah. Scott so he could be like trying to trying to, you know get him in because you can't get him one on one maybe like three on one it's like you know when it's 30 on one any man is you know no, no man can overcome those odds it's just impossible but five on one, those are in my favour. Well, they, they've already they've already been called the B team, so have him do have him get rid of those four or five no marks <laughs> in a couple of handicap matches. He's pretty much yeah, at the end of after a competitive bout with Norton, the black and white run in, and then Goldberg on his own kicks the shit out of all of them, and that's the time when Herschel Walker, <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris, and Brett Hall decide to hit the ring and back him up like they're going to do something. It's fucking Van Damme there doing his karate pose. <laughs> karate. <laughs> Did you not just see what happened, mate? <laughs> You're not needed. They're gone now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, and then they look like kids next to Goldberg too. Anyway, they're also. Yeah, that's small. great though. It is great because he's, he's legit. He's twice their size. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, Bret Hart returns. Has a 15 minute match with Booker T, which is pretty decent. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you talk but about. Finally, Bret. the return of the serious professional. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I love Bret Hart in this environment. I have, I have Bret loved. Hart's not giving a fuck attitude. No, <laughs> I have, yeah, he's taking his three million a year and living pretty. I have, I have loved this promo for years and years. Is this where you got a jam up guy from? This is where I got okay. jam up guy from. Oh, I've stolen that line so many times. I, I think Liam must be sick of the number of times I've just word for word. Retold that promo in all its glory, you know, emphasizing the groin pull the likes of which you've never seen. <laughs> this, this is a real injury, Dean Malenko. This is a groin pull the likes of which you've never seen. What does he say about El Dandy? Who's he's that El Dandy? Who's that El Dandy? Yeah, the classic. He's a, everyone's he's seen a, this promo. He's, he's, a a he's a jam up guy and a serious professional. <laughs> Yeah. And if that doesn't if that doesn't work for you, what about hypnosis? Yeah. <laughs> He's the high fly of the highest magnitude. Oh, oh, this, this is wonderful. <laughs> it's tremendous. <laughs> Someone needs to use the, the highlight of the show. Yeah. And he's the US champ. Yeah. I had no idea he was the US champ because he hasn't been on TV this month. No, and the belt's not been mentioned. It hasn't been mentioned once. He hasn't been mentioned once apart from the uh, when Bischoff's talking about selling merchandise. Um, he says Hitman I think once uh, someone on commentary maybe or possibly the ring announcer says it's for the world title mm. and um, um, I, I was completely uh, Flair says it Flair does Flair says it in his promo okay. yeah when that happened I thought I had the wrong month or year because it made no sense but mm. WCW baby yeah. the, the WCW oh, yeah. according to Bret Hart it's always the WCW <laughs> the main event <laughs> so he just looks at you and goes he's a serious professional <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the main event is Flair, Mongo, and Benoit against Hogan, <laughs> Steiner, and Nash. Uh, obviously, it's a DQ finish, and Bischoff gives Nash a stick to hit Flair with, and the NWO all run in. Uh, all of WCW running for the save, and by all of WCW, it's the losers. The the basically the guys it's, Bret Hart was ripping on. The uh, yeah, what remains of the LWO? Yeah, pretty much. Apart from Bill on the ramp. Bill's on the ramp and he starts going through them all beating the shit out of him picking them off one at a time uh, they're obviously trying to reposition Goldberg as the top guy says uh, Meltzer reposition? he was the champ like two weeks ago you dumb fucks but he wasn't the top guy then was he? he was, oh he was, sorry remember? remember he wasn't the focus oh yeah so now he is he's the top guy he's the one guy who's picking them off one at a time and from the crowd reaction they say uh, it appeared the WWF Goldberg thing has backfired because Goldberg got the reaction he used to get a few months ago well, maybe they were just happy to see him getting some fucking shine for once. Yeah, see the NWO get a bit of an ass kicking for a change. How about this six man? Benoit. Fuck me. <laughs> All right, Chris. Now, you need to get the shine, make you look good, and then we're going to have to get heat on you as well, so that'll be you. Make you look good. <laughs> Basically, you do the match. <laughs> and uh, tagging well, tagging Mongo from time to time, because he's being paid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> make yeah. him feel involved. Yeah, the fucking heat for the hot tag to Rip was great, though. Raw captured five of the eight quarters and the overrun, scoring a 5.5 to Nitro's 5.0. Again, the ratings have stayed pretty much exactly the same this entire month. WCW, for, for all the belittling we can make of some of the, the daft decision-making, you know, on the surface of things, it's still in decent shape. It's I not mean, like I mean, things have tanked no, since this no. finger poker doom. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we know about their booking problems and, and we know that they're not the force they were in sort of, you know, early 98 when they were, they were dominating before uh, the the Tyson involvement and all, all that jazz but um but yeah there is there is no reason at this stage to hit any sort of panic button and, and it, it really doesn't match the the WWF narrative of it's the finger poke of doom and everything goes to shit immediately it's, <laughs> it's clearly not the case and just with a few wise decisions and a few minor adjustments here and there I don't know a bit of recalibration I'm sure they'll be okay and February will be a stellar month for them the head-to-head two hours and five minutes saw Raw do a 5.5 to Nitro's 4.85. This marks the WWF's 13th win in a row uh, this week. In the UK, for the same show, Raw did uh, 370,000 viewers to Nitro's 180,000. Big blow there for Nitro. Uh, this also seemed to have been a toned-down WWF, both on the Rumble and Raw this week. Aside from the well-publicised situation in Winnipeg that we discussed previously, uh, there have been a lot of uh, less publicised complaints against the product set off, it appears, largely by the angle where Mark Henry was getting what was certainly portrayed as a blowjob from a guy and going up his pants to find out it was a guy. There were a lot of rumours about some important people, i.e. sponsors, starting to become uncomfortable. Although the WWF has always denied any sponsor problems, and the fact is, WWF sponsorship at present is at an all-time high. So, there you go. For now. For now. In the planned Nash and Luger versus Conan Mysterio match at Super Brawl coming up in February, if it winds up as a tag match, it will be Luger's hair up against Mysterio's mask. Unlike in 97, when Bischoff wanted Mysterio to unmask and it became a huge issue, it is no longer a huge issue, as Mysterio Jr. trusts that Nash, who is in complete control of just about every angle, will take care of him. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Loser. (laughs) Here you go, get a load of this. There has been talk about trying to turn Scott Norton babyface. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) 
both, I'm, I'm, I'm unimpressed. Yeah, both Maxim and Forbes magazine are both doing wrestling stories over the next few months as well. Uh, in the torch, there's a note here. Steve Austin has missed three scheduled house show appearances over the weekend due to personal issues at home. Austin, who takes pride in always appearing where advertised, also was not at the television tapings early last week. So uh, obviously, this is ending up in divorce, Stone Cold, during this period of time. Um, How could someone fall out of love with those cold blue eyes? <laughs> they are doing an angle where Alex Wright continually no-shows to build up his return with a new Aryan gimmick. It was it was an angle? Yeah. Okay, then. Yeah. It was leading to Berlin, who I think debuted in like September. September of, <laughs> of, of 99, yeah. Yeah, so it's a long... His, de- his debut match, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> Fucking terrible match, too. God damn, Duggan doesn't want to sell. We'll get to that. Yeah, is, is this, I hate that match. Is, well, there's, pl- there's plenty to hate in uh, September of 99 in Indeed. WCW. Um, Lex Luger suffered a torn bicep tendon in his, Jan- in his January 30th match in Los Angeles with Conan and will be undergoing surgery and is expected to be out for three months. There's a lot of heat as Luger has been pretty vocal about having wrestled for so long without suffering a serious injury and he's blamed the entire thing on K-Dog. So... Here you go. Here's a uh, backstage war for the ages. Luger and Conan. How about that? I think I know my money's on. <laughs> Something tells me Lex's body's been found somewhere near a river. In Tijuana? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we move now to the final uh, show-based note we have here. January 31st, Halftime Heat. Where the one we consider the Mankind vs. Rock title change taped in an empty arena uh, on January 26th and airing during halftime of the Super Bowl as a good match, or whatever it was supposed to be, uh, is more like an 18 minute long movie fight scene, but it was a rousing success from a rating standpoint for a promotion that has caught unbelievable fire. The 20 minute long counter programming segment on the USA Network did a 6.6 rating and a 9.3 share, making it the single most watched WWF wrestling match from start to finish ever on cable and the highest rated WWF television show on the USA Network in 11 years since the uh, original Royal Rumble uh, Mankind wins the WF title in this uh, playing flip flop and I've got to mention that camera shot at the end of the match <laughs> where the rock is underneath the forklift and then suddenly <laughs> realises it's coming horrible but, but a fun match though Wack- wacky and novel as it is I don't mind this yeah not the sort of thing you. hey you'd... Chico yeah no. throw the rock that pop not the sort of thing you'd want to see every week on TV, but uh, served the purpose, was entertaining, and uh, Mick got title reign number two. Title reign number two. Yeah, I mean, it's. Part of me hates the flip flop and the title, but it worked. Yeah. So, I mean, Mania was hot. Uh, Call a spade a spade. And it got uh, Foley over to another level. So, yeah, it worked. Yeah, it worked indeed. Uh, rock, rock, rock's fucking Superman. That's why. Rock, oh, rock, from a, from a Any, promo perspective, Rock carries this with the personality. Anybody <laughs> else doing the fucking jobs he's done over the years? I'm going to say, and you see it throughout the, throughout the rest of that year, the, the, the one man who can recover from from jobs, or, or I say recover, he's not really, he ne- he's not really negatively impacted at any point by his job. Fucking bastard! Because because <laughs> thank God cause he wasn't because he's just that good. Whereas I dare say, and I'll, I'll hold my hands up. Uh, and I'm saying this not in the presence of G because God knows I'd never live it down I don't think Austin could overcome jobs like The Rock does mm. I don't think that the badass character could not be could not do jobs the way The Rock does no overcome no. 
The WWF also got a lot of attention for the Super Bowl ad they aired, uh, with almost daily mentions in the USA Today, and wouldn't you know, there's a full-page ad in the same paper a few days later. Uh, this being, of course, the uh, we're a non-violent form of entertainment, and we never use sex to enhance our image. Is it uh, making the world a better place for mankind? Kane's back there drinking a coffee Sitting for some the, reason. Yeah, just casually hanging out, and then the guy flies out the building, and Vince is there with a get it, with a WWF attitude. I wish again, and they put this on every every home video. Every release. Coliseum home video release. They for were about proud the next of this. Two years. They were proud of this. Fuck. I think they spent like one point six million dollars on this thing. So uh, that's, like, that's, that's, that's what it costs to get an advert during well, yes. during the Super yeah. Bowl. That's the price for curtain jerker in WCW though. So yeah, money true. well spent. Indeed, and that's it was that advert or signing Stevie Ray. So. <laughs> I wonder how much Glacier was making at the time. You probably find out. <laughs> You'll probably find that pretty easily. Actually, I'd, I'd probably prefer not to know. It, <laughs> it, might, it might just kill, I might just kill over and die from the rage. <laughs> if you want to sleep tonight, Carl, I suggest you don't look that up. Yeah. But uh, that is our final note for the month of January 1999 of the Monday Night War timeline here. So, uh, final notes as we kind of look at this month in isolation. Well, it's on the surface, it's pretty much as you were. Which is funny we, because yeah. that, there's that perception that this was a hinge point. Uh, it really doesn't come off that way. We, as we've been looking at it month by month yeah. by month, it doesn't come off that way. You know, WCW's. I'll, I'll, I'll say this just as an, an aside. This may be a, a point of contention. Watching WCW in, in January '99, I'm not going to claim I'm the biggest fan of it in the world by any by any means, and I'm sure I. <laughs> When people listen back to this podcast, I'm sure they can they can pick up on that vibe. But what I will say is, I can at least watch it and not feel insulted in a way that I did at the tail end of '98 towards the end. Think of that Halloween Havoc period with Hogan and Warrior, with Warrior, with the Chucky doll appearing, doing promos back and forth with with Rick Steiner. Yeah, I'm not saying Judy nine, Bagwell. Yeah, Judy Bagwell. I'm I'm not saying January '99 is great by any means, but when I think of sort of some of WCW's low points, I look at that period and think it's much worse. In, well, not maybe not much worse, but it's worse in comparison. Mm. Is that a similar vibe across, around no, the room? You, you'd, you'd mentioned this this notion to me earlier in the day, Carl, and I was kind of curious. And I was thinking about it. It's like you know what? I kind of see what you mean in the sense that. The direction they were going with at the time was all over the shop anyway, because they had Goldberg mm. fucking around with Bigelow, which didn't work, as we talked about. Hogan and Warriors taking up the lion's share of the promotion with Ed Leslie dicking around. And, oh yeah, that's a note by the way that I didn't get to. Hogan wants to bring Ed Leslie back. What a shock. Didn't even bother reading that. You know, and it's like that that just stinks. So this so it's like, okay, I you hope at this point and, and it's the hope that kills you as you, as you yeah. say, Carl. You got a heated up NWO. You got Flair, who is on the warpath, and you got Goldberg, who looks like he's on the warpath as we close out January, albeit in, in shaky booking fashion. Yeah, there's... but the pieces on the chessboard appear to be in the right position. Yeah, they're... and the ratings have not dipped yet substantially to the point where you think, okay, I'm out. Yeah, there's there's a way out of the bind you've sort of booked yourselves in over the last two or three months, and and even with the the repetitive dull emphasis on the NWO you know if, if you pull the trigger at the correct times this can work out and it's not as if you're completely uncompetitive at this stage yes there have been nights where Raw's won every segment but in, you know, in terms of total viewership and the numbers 
they're not a million miles apart on the whole if you're sensible about this and you, at this point you're still turning a profit then things don't have to go so badly which makes the, the rest of this year even more infuriating <laughs> isn't it just I hate these nitros yeah I fucking they were so fucking boring I was just going to say the issue of the three hour television three, show three hours and from a wrestling standpoint apart from maybe two or three matches a handful of matches anyway they're like house shows and then you drop in a couple of appearances by Hogan or oh, yeah. the stars that, that's Horrible. Nitro Al Green versus Disco Inferno just halfway through and then it's it's nothing new for me it's, okay we've gone back to where we were there's two ways out of it when you end up taking control you've got two ways out of it. you've got ownership of the company control of the company to direct things okay they've changed that now it's Flair although he's offering to give it away and they keep mentioning something about 90 days with Bischoff I'm not sure what that is does that mean yeah, that he, he, yeah he wouldn't for 90 days okay so it's going to end great um, <laughs> so there's that which is now ineffective and which really could have actually been quite an intriguing thing of they've got 90 days to turn this around before power goes up so we need to destroy before then yeah not with 90 days to yeah I mean they hinted at 90 days to get Bischoff but he could have fired Bischoff and he said that in his very first promo I could fire you but well, why don't you then? So you've got it after 90 days, dickhead. And then the other hope is that, the, you know, when a baby face takes the crown off Hogan or Nash, it was, um, did this before and it was the build-up to Sting and that was going to be the payoff in the new direction. You've got to go in a new direction. You set the story of the NWA control and the baby face, whether it's the, the ownership angle or the, or the championship angle, wrestles control away from them. That's, that's the hook. When Who will do it? How will they do it? When will they do it? They teased it with Sting and it worked, they, but they dropped the ball in execution and then follow up more importantly. And then they had it handed to him with Goldberg and they fucked it up when he was the champion and fucked it up even more when they took the belt off him. And when now we're back to where we were. They pop at the end for Goldberg to take him out one by one because finally, yes, this is the hope that people want. If Goldberg is legit, if they can see the, end, the light at the end of the tunnel where Goldberg's going to eventually he's going to kill everyone he's going to get Hogan people need to believe that's going to happen but over the years they've drilled it into our heads so much that it's just not going to happen in this company and if it does happen as a one-off things will change pretty soon anyway I just, I'm just watching it and I'm thinking how's, what am I, if I'm watching this live what am I looking forward to in terms of payoff and there's nothing well, it's, it's, I, it's, at the minute it's Goldberg killing this for good yeah. but it's not Goldberg though because Goldberg's sidetracked with Bam Bam and Scott Hall he's not even on Nash Never mind Hogan. He's fucking miles away. He's on Scott Norton now. He's going backwards. <laughs> He's going backwards. He's going down the pecking order. He's on the B squad now. It's ridiculous. So there's, there's no hope. Um, and then <laughs> I, I think uh, I think there's a, I think a t- a, there's an element of this as, as you're watching it. Knowing what happens, I think is is, no. is somewhat is somewhat. Carl, I have no more space. I can't remember what happened last week. Never mind how many years ago this was. No, yeah, look. We know what the company's MO is, and there's reason, in theory, to be fearful. But, but, you can't watch the <laughs> yeah, end of that nitro. Sincerely, WCW, yeah. the Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, by the same token, if you're watching that at the time, I can see why people have hope in Goldberg. The way that show ends. 
Yeah, but okay, false hope. But we were proven right. Not in the not too distant future. But yeah, oh yeah, same as always. Scott Scott Hall getting the heat back was was a real dampener. If, if, if I'm trying to watch this, okay, let's just give this a chance and see how they executed it. That was where I was like, they are never going to fucking do well, this. Well, you, you, you they have, can't resist. You, you have putting Scott, themselves you have over. Scott Hall flat on his. We we all know how you book that. It ends with Scott Hall flat on his back, with Goldberg's boot on his chest, holding the taser up in the air. Nash, Hogan, you're next. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with him going for Hall first. It makes spray-painted Hall. Yeah. Hogan, you're next. Yeah. yeah I, I have I have no problem with him going for Hall first. Because it's Hall with a cattle prod. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't go yeah, first. Yeah. Got Norton first. And then Norton came after Solomon. Norton, Norton. Whatever. After. <laughs> so that's even worse. <laughs> He's going backwards. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> When you're looking at that's why the ratings haven't dropped yet you say yeah it's still there okay I agree with that but the cumulative effect of the, what we talk about this is a big turning point now what this is doing it's another another nail in the coffin that people are learning their lessons not to have faith in this company but there is I think there's a bigger one around the corner and we're going to come to it in the, in the upcoming timelines where when, when you're actually knowing what's coming I can't fathom how they decided to go from the point they're at now at the end of January to the decision they make in March for what to do with these top characters uh, that's what I was going to say actually. what is the current plan then the current direction of this company the, the this co- fucking genius idea of putting the NWO back together and Hogan on top what is the long term well, plan I, I, I can Starcade t- or what? I can tell you what Nash sold it as to people who believe that shit <laughs> they sold it as it was the, it was bringing the group merging the group back together to create the the heel group to feed Goldberg that's how Nash sells it that's what Nash is peddling. No one really <laughs> believes it, but that that was the that was the guise under which it was done. Meanwhile, on the other channel, Austin and Rock are both on fire and, and bowing towards WrestleMania. Mankind's been elevated over the pa- uh, very strongly, I think, in the past uh, couple of months here. Uh, his stock has risen. Obviously, Rock and Mankind doing such a good number for halftime. It's encouraging. But again, as we say, embers of just problems with the overall product. In terms of the fucking ministry and the blowjob and some of the nonsense and, and the folder all and there's still and there's still that depth issue. Yeah. Oh, big you time. Know, you're so fortunate at this point that that well, not not so much mankind to a lesser extent, but mankind and then obviously Austin and Rockaway. But you know, you're so fortunate that you're keeping those guys healthy. Imagine, imagine a world in which one of you know those. Imagine those two guys going down with injuries during this period. Mm. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's not as if it's not as if the WF is street or to lose the top star right now. Not, not at this point. Not at this point. But uh, yeah. So obviously, there's a lot more to talk about, and I'm very much looking forward to returning to the timeline because I do want to revisit this very soon because I think that this. Uh, this three month stretch we're going to talk about now very very important in the in the war. So we'll return to the timeline. Why don't we do three back to back? Oh, like, like on the air decision? Yeah. Production meeting on the yeah. air? Yeah. We're doing it? I'm laying it down now, Liam. Carl, you up for that? Three oh. weeks, back to back, baby. All right, I got the notes ready. Fucking A. We're doing it. Timeline, oh. timeline, timeline. We're hitting and it then, hard. And then, then the death of TNA. <laughs> and then, yeah. after that, the death of TNA, it's on the docket, it's locked down. You heard it here first. I'm excited for two more weeks where I don't have to come up with an intro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, I want to thank everybody one more time. This feels like the appropriate song to end on, so... For Carl Jones. Hasta luego. And for Kieran O'Rourke. Haters, haters. I am Liam O'Rourke and we are out of here. Talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>